What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shownuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 5, Episode 16 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much, everybody. Just happy to be here. Um, and happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. You know, happy to happy to be here, and um, glad that you all could join us. All right. And of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, aka the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. Yeah. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, kind of a lazy Saturday afternoon on there. So feeling feeling okay. A little tired, but <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired as well. So hey, before we jump into our show, which is going to focus on games of the year and uh, games of the 2000s since we're we're you know i know it would be to games of the decade but i, I had I, at least for my list i had to adjust it a little bit um what i, I want to hear about you guys is uh new years and christmas anything from uh, the holidays that uh you would like to share with our listeners anything neat happen with you for you yeah, yeah. For me, again, I, I know we spoke I know about graduated. Yeah, I graduated, so <laughs> I am really excited. I got all A's, um, so nice. I'm getting re- and I'm looking at um, getting my MBA. So um, that is something that I'm going to start in the fall of 2020. So I have a lot of uh, big stuff coming up. I am excited. I'm starting a new program at work. I work for the health department here in San Francisco, so I'm very excited um to to start that up it's just it's just a lot of really cool things that that i that that i feel will be will be um will be beginning uh in 2020 so i'm really excited um but as far as what happened over uh the holidays well um i got sick which is unfortunate so i was unable to go to fresno to visit all y'all but so i was really sad you know i had to stay home uh but rest is rest is good um, mm-hmm. so I was able to rest and feel a lot better and I feel much better now, uh, which was great because, you know, I sent Trader Joe, uh, a couple of things in the mail and he sent a couple of things in the mail for me. So I got a ton of games, uh, over the holidays, uh, uh, Best Buy and Amazon and, uh, um, just by Amazon and GameStop were doing some some nonsense with their trading and their and their buying of the stuff and so I traded in a whole bunch of games, got some new games. So it was good just to kind of refresh uh my gaming um my games and looking at the games that I that I'm able to play. Uh yeah, and I've just really really fallen in love with my uh my Switch uh Lite. I really fall in love with that. I have the turquoise model. Uh, I it I tried gaming on the actual Switch model and taking that with me, but I don't know. It's just it's just something about that 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 size change from the normal 
uh, switch size to the light size, it just makes a world of difference. I, I don't know what it is, but it just fits better in my hands. I can play it easier. It's just such a better um, a better console uh, as a as a um, as a, as as a as a, a mobile console. It's just it's just really good, and I, I feel really bad now because like I don't really see the need to go back and play my uh my 3ds um or any of those games which is sad because i really there's certain games 3ds games that i want to play you know but i can't i just can't justify running around with two separate uh two separate consoles mobile consoles in my backpack i just i just can't do that that's just silly to me so so thinking about selling it uh, no, in your library? no, no, no. I don't want to sell it because there's certain, there's certain, there's certain games that are, that are, that, that are kind of like, I really enjoy it. And if I do want to have, I do want to have that option of going back just in case. Um, but this, um, and we can talk, we're probably going to talk about this in a future episode, especially when the, um, PS5 comes back, comes out and the new Xbox system comes out, uh, about this whole thing about backwards compatibility. Um, because or or digital consoles or or whatever uh because like there's certain games that i want to play that are restricted due to the 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 software that i'm that i have and 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 i'm wanting to use so so that's definitely something that i would like to talk about in the future um when we um you know if and when we can i know we can but it's just something that i think we want to talk about i know i know the listeners are going to want to chime in on that as well but that was pretty much it for me new year's was great went to a friend's house um i was a designated driver it was great there was tons of food someone almost threw up in my car so so and i say almost uh so so it was a typical new year's eve so all right yeah then it's just been very chill after that so so what about you joe what's been going on with you Oh, uh, just uh, kind of laid back for Christmas and New Year's. I didn't work too much. Uh, went to go see Star Wars, which, you know, I'm not like the most of the internet peeps out there. Ready to rage at the movie, saying it's the worst Star Wars ever. I've seen all the crap on Twitter and whatnot, but uh, I'm not a big fan either. So so I've considered it as being a Star Wars movie and just left it at that. <laughs> so, you <laughs> it know, is what it, it is. is. What it is. Yes. Right, it is what it is, right? You know it, yeah. And as far as games or anything, I've just been playing a lot of the usual stuff. Titan Quest, um, been playing Hot Shots Tennis all of a sudden. I picked that on my backlog. That's a PS2 on PS4 classic, so it's like remaster for PS4, but it's just playing actual PS2 games. So, And um been playing my games a little bit more. I've been playing some Xbox, believe it or not, so... Checking out some Game Pass games, uh, playing some Sega Classics on uh, Xbox as well. I really like the um, Elite 2 controller. It's been really nice. It's super smooth. It's better than the Astro C40 controller. So, you know, I almost wish in a way I could use it on PS4, and I might look into getting an adapter to do so. So, so. But otherwise, other than that, just uh, plugging away. That's been my Christmas and New Year's, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for me, it was uh, pretty much very low-key. Uh, I Well, not really, because I had to work. I, just, I made the wonderful decision to work through the holidays this year. Uh, not doing that again next year. Definitely not doing it. Mm-hmm. 
So we had two, we had felonies and misdemeanors consolidated into two different courtrooms. Instead of making one all misdemeanors and one all felonies, they combined both of the two amongst the two courtrooms, which was a total. It was a mess. Uh, it was it, we worked through it, but it was a mess. And uh, you know, fortunately, you know, all the in, I mean, the all the everybody, everything that needed to be done, everything that needed to be done was done. Fortunately, and I'm so glad that this is the last of what we what we call RSD week at work. Um, but. I instead of uh, instead of being of, of trying to conserve the money, I think I'm going to spend the money next year um, and take that time off because I, I missed out on a lot of family stuff, missed out on uh, hanging out with friends and whatnot. And not that um, uh, it's just that this is a time of year when most people have time off. I mean, my wife had had two weeks off the same time time period that uh, I would have had off. But because I was working, I can't, I couldn't even do anything with her. So that, that threw a monkey wrench in some of the things that she had planned for uh, Christmas and new year. So it's just like, eh, yeah, I think I'll just go ahead and bite the bullet um, <laughs> this coming year. But uh, new year's day, uh, I mean, new year's Eve, uh, mine was spent, uh, sleeping on my super comfortable couch, I had planned to at least tune in at twelve, just before twelve, to watch the uh, one of the one of the spheres drop uh, somewhere, and I slept through it. I woke up at, at two o'clock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, hey. Uh, so yeah, working kind of threw a monkey wrench into everything. I mean. Uh, yeah, I didn't even get a chance to get give my nieces and nephew their Christmas gifts. I'm going to try and do that today. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, definitely our that was de- that was my uh, holiday experiences in a uh, in a nutshell. Uh, definitely not repeating this again. Uh, and I think the lowest point was uh, I took my I took my wife and mom to uh ruth chris uh for christmas dinner and they were so overbooked and i made these reservations back in september um they were so overbooked um our meal was not at its usual at its usual level Mm. uh my my for all that too uh that's well, we got we we they knocked off the, they we they didn't pay for the whole thing. They knocked okay. off a uh, portion of the bill. If it would have been if I would have been uh, thinking correctly, I would have just sent my steak back, and they would have comped they would have comped the whole meal for everybody. Because I mean, we were we had five we had reservations for five thirty. We didn't get seated till six fifteen, and. It was, I mean, it was just super crowded, and I don't know if they had uh, junior staff working, but it was just the quality of that of the food was just because it, it it was it was almost like a fast food situation where they are trying to get meals out just to keep up with demand, and it just really wasn't working. 
so I think if we do it, if we do something like this again another year, uh, we're going. To, I'm going to set the reses for like first thing in the afternoon when they open up, because that way, you know, you get you got a fresh staff, you know. Every, everything nobody's you know working under the gun at that point yet and it, it's it would overall be a better experience but yeah that was kind of the low point but but you know other than that that's what uh that is what our holidays looked like for 2019 uh, as i mentioned earlier in the show we are doing our games of the year and our games of the decade uh, that is going to be the focal point of this show, so we're not going to have many of the uh, the usual segments in this show, like our our news and and uh, what we've been playing and whatnot. But so that's where the the meat of this show is going to be, and we're going to kick things off with our top three of 2019. So Joe, I'm gonna kick I'm gonna kick this off to you first. Um, okay, we'll round we'll, robin. We can it. do the round robin. Yeah, we'll just do the round robin method. So we'll we'll kick it to Joe, Dez, and then I'll I'll bring up the rear. Okay, sounds good. All right. One thing I want to do is mention some of my honorable mentions. I did play a lot of older games this year, like games in my back catalog, and it's games I really enjoyed, but I can't quantify. Because they are not released in 2019. So uh, games would be uh, such games as Borderlands 2, the Handsome Jack Collection. I was really digging into the DLC this past year. Uh, Titan Quest, which I'm still currently playing at the moment. Uh, Me and Dez, we had quite a lot of fun with Strange Brigade. So I'd like to mention that as well. That came out 2018, but, you know, it's like games we just didn't get to for whatever reason. So on there and then of course there's a lot of games that came out this year that i didn't even get an opportunity to play because i just didn't take the time to do so so it's like judgment god eater 3 days gone a lot of different games um that were bought but not played on there so i'm one of my goals for 2020 is to kind of cull my backlog and to be able to go in and uh, play my back catalog of games i have on there and wait for the new consoles to come out so on that but uh well if you go back to god eater 3 i'll i'll jump it i'll jump back in there with you i never finished the game i came close to it but uh if you jump back in it i'll 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 rock with you in that yeah no that'd be good in fact listeners out there if you want to play god Eater 3 let us know it now it's gone down to 20 bucks retail for that game so on ps4 on there, it's also out for Switch, and I'm not sure if it's cross-platform supported or not, but we'll dig into that in the weeks and months to come. On there, we also, you know, for Christmas, I gag gift you a copy of Division Two. <laughs> that was not a gag playing. gift. He wants you to Thank, play. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, in fact. Uh, I don't know, for one of our game nights coming up, Division 2 might be a thing to do. So, and that's very cheap. You could get get it practically anywhere for 10 to 20 bucks. So, I feel like so. a dad getting his 300th tie for, for, for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. J. Crew hoodies, man. Kinda. Come on. Kind of. Uh. 
Well, looking at all the games I played in 2019 that were released in 2019, my number three is going to go down to a particular uh, wild card. This wild card is known as Crackdown 3 for the Xbox One on there. So, wow. so for a, a hot <laughs> minute, a hot minute, I was playing this game with uh, uh, both damn. Desmond and playing it single player, and uh, I was having a whole, whole lot of fun with it, man. So, but I'm not. Tr- truly discerning about crackdown i love the first crackdown i actually like crackdown too even though a lot of people said it was more of the same i took more of the same and so i've been waiting for this game for years to come out ever since its announcement and i know the multiplayer uh the uh, version multiplayer for crackdown 3 kind of got derided i never tried it but i felt that the single player was enough of that old crackdown you know flavor for me to actually consider as as my number three for that so so granted i mean this is because of the fact too you know i didn't get to play a lot of the 2019 games and there are suffering in my backlog so that's probably another reason for this but you know i could have picked division two i could have picked anthem but i felt out of those three uh, i think crackdown three probably resonated more with me so mm-hmm. okay I know you played this as well, Des. I don't know. I know it's not probably not in your top three, but uh, got it is any not. Words, about, <laughs> words to say about it? Uh, it was good. Like the thing about it is, like I can't, I can't imagine playing it. Like I can't imagine playing it without um, someone else. Like I would not play this with. I just probably oh, solo. Yeah, it just was like, meh. You know, just like, meh. I don't know, just. No, it it is definitely a co-op game. You run around, you act stupid with your friends, you you push the plot along every so often, and you just blow shit up. But no, I, no, I no, and uh, and I think with uh, I just want to say just just as a as a side note, uh, this is just a caveat. This is our games of the year, so you're gonna, probably yeah. going to hear a lot of different games than you really will expect from normal reviewers, because uh, for me, personally, I chose games that I really enjoyed, and uh, games that I beat, uh, I mean, or completed, and, and really was, like, I was jazzed to honestly play. Like, I came home and was like, okay, it's time to play this game, you know, um... That's that's how I picked my my games of a decade and my games of the years. These are games that brought me joy. Um, so I hope that from hearing what I say about these games, you will be inspired to play them yourself. So that's that's are you jumping outside the rules or are you staying with games that were released in 2019? I don't know. All games within 2019, all games within the last decade. Uh, the decade was a little bit harder because there's just so many games. So for the yeah. games for the decade, I had to look at games that I actually beat. Because any game for me, any game that I'm going to play that hard and beat, deserves to be a game of the year uh, for me, number one. And then uh, number two, it needs to be um, it needs to be uh, games that 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 I like enjoyed, you know, or and that and and that really kind of like spoke to me. And that's why games of the decade was a little bit harder. Oh, and the second thing was games that have survived a purge. Because unlike you, Joe, 
uh, I don't keep a lot of games. Most games that I keep are games that have like some kind of sentimental value or games that I really, really enjoy. So, so I am quick to get rid of a game, uh, just like Kev. Like if you're not, like if I'm not enjoying you, you know, and I and I give <laughs> games chances, you know, but if I'm not enjoying you, you got to go, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's the caveat. The victim, like Astroneer, we were both jazzed to play, and we both traded it. So. Well, I play, I played it, and just the interface was weird, and just like having to do this stuff was. No, nah, I just was not. Nah, I just wasn't feeling it. So, it's gotta go, buddy. So, gotta go. Yeah. So. So. For that saying, what's your number three, Des? Uh, so I'll do my honorable mention first. Uh, as we are doing uh, games of the year, uh, one of my honorable mentions, honorable mentions, I have a, I have a couple, but they're really quick. Is uh, Judgment. Uh, I wanted to play Judgment because I really kind of got into that game, but other games kind of took precedent over it. Um, but it was good. It was the first game that I really kind of got into from that team that did uh, Yakuza. So I, I kind of missed the boat on Yakuza. So I didn't really, uh, that series, so I didn't really get into it. And so I started getting into it with Kwame, the Kwame series, which is the remakes that, that are on PS4. So, uh, but Judgment was like a fresh start. And I really kind of got into it. So um, I probably will end up going back to that. A second one would be Greedfall uh, from Spiders, uh, which is a uh, an indie studio which I've kept a lot of my eye on a lot, and I've played a lot of their older games. Um, I, I I I was okay with playing Tech Technomancer, which was the game before this game, and it was okay, but the combat was a little. Uh, so uh, I had a lot of high hopes for Greedfall, and it and it and it delivered for the most part. So it's another game that that I will end up playing again at some point. Uh, and then my last one would have to be Outward. I thought Outward was a fantastic game built by a studio of like ten people, and they basically came out and decided, you know, we want to make this game, and we're just gonna do our own thing. And it was just very refreshing. Like you don't, you're not the hero. You go through and you do your own thing, and you can basically take on like as much as much as you want to do or as little as you want to do and you create your character literally from the ground up and i thought that was really kind of interesting you know you just kind of run around and 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 the combat of course is a little it's a little you know hard i i I hate to say dark souls like but that's kind of what it is you know uh but it was a fun game and you can play dual dual uh so you can play with someone else so joe and i played it a couple times um but yeah i really i really uh liked that game and it's a game that has replay value because every time you play it you can do something different with it and i like that about about uh outward you know this time you can be a two-wielding person or you can be in it's like or or a magic user it's like it's like skyrim like super light and i like i like games like that where you can just go up you can play it for a while do certain things and then you go off and do something else you know it's a fun game i really enjoyed it uh, but my number three uh, would have to be uh, Steam World uh, Quest: uh, Hand of Gilgamesh. Um, so Steam World is a really great series. Um, it's a series uh, created by I think it's a, a, a company called Image and Form, and I, there's in somewhere in Europe. I can't remember where exactly they're from. I do apologize for that. But uh, they created they're, first, a, they're from the Mama. New Mama. So. No, they're from their mama. Their so, mama. Like there you dad. go. Yeah. You're channeling your father, I see. 
Yes. He always just his, Joe's dad used to always say that. Where you from? I'm like, I'm from Fresno's. No, you're from your mama. And I'm like, okay. You're from your mother. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Lou. So anyway, a uh, little side note. You're um, from uh, Gothenburg, Sweden. So just to let oh, you know. Okay, so. well, there you go. Joe Joe with the quick fingers, you know, he's our he's our Barbara Gordon, our Oracle. Um anyway, um <laughs> if you're a comic book fan. Uh, but yeah, it's a great game. Uh, they created a universe called Steam World, and all these games take place on a various different timeline. There's a Steam World Hype, which takes place in the future. There's Steam World Dig, which takes place in kind of an Old West kind of a situation. Uh, then there's Steam World uh, Quest, Gilgamesh stuff, and that's like a that's like a that's like a role playing game. So all different. I read a review uh, interview with them, and it's like all the games are are different within Steam World, and the only the only thing that goes through it is or the 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 kind of commonality goes through it is is every character is a steam powered robot which i think is really great and every game uh or every genre of game is acceptable as long as it fits somewhere on the timeline which is fantastic but the thing that really stood out about uh steam world hand of gilgamesh is that uh it is a role-playing game but um it is a different type of role-playing game in that your attacks uh, are are all cards? So um, in the indie in the indie sphere, uh, a lot of developers have been developing different type of games that are based on digital card games. So you know you have like Magic and Pokemon, all that stuff. Well, they basically have uh, a digital version of that, but it's an RPG. So you have characters and you run around, and when you engage in combat, you have a set deck of cards that pertain to different characters within your party and you get you you play a certain many you have like a certain amount of points you know or action points and you spend uh you spend them on your on your cards and then you know some cards gain, gain you action points some cards take them away the more cards the more uh, action points you spend on one card the more powerful it is and so forth and so on so it's really fun because you get to um it's 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 an ingenious kind of uh combat system because your attacks are always somewhat random, depending on how many cards of a certain type you have. Um, and so you want to build up this meters, and then there's different cards that you can do that that combine attacks. Or if you play all cards, you usually play, you're usually able to play three cards per round. And if you play all three cards for one single character, they get a bonus at- action. Or if you play a card and then another card for a certain player, um, and it says it has an icon of the player of another character, then they do a tandem move. So it's this really interesting way to to do it and there's defensive stuff so it's a really fun and inter- engaging uh, combat system because every combat is different because the cards that you draw are different which is interesting you know and then to me because it's not always you know when you play final fantasy it's just okay this time i'm gonna play a spell okay this time i'm gonna play a spell this time i'm gonna play a spell well in this one you you don't know if you can do that because you might not have drawn any spell cards y- you're forced to use every character in your party you know, and I really enjoyed that, you know, and the story is just hilarious. All of the Steam World stories are hilarious. They they're really smartly written and um and they're just fun, you know, and they all do just they they all do something distinctly different depending on what the, the header is. So, you know, like I said, Steam World Quest, Hand of Gilgamesh, that's an RPG. Steam World Heist, which I have a I have a I bought it on PSN on one of their sales, is a is a turn based RPG, but it's all about shooting people you know because it's, it's a ship to ship combat when you go you, you you basically go in a ship and you attack and then and the steam world dig is like dig dug and it's basically a, a platformer so all the different games 
are really great, and there's different ways uh, that you can do that. You can come in. I mean, one of my honorable mentions, you know, and I forgot to say this, was Steam World Dig Two. It's a fun game, you know, and Steam World Heist. You you all should really try the Steam World. Um, the Steam World library is a lot of fun, and if you are not playing it, you're really missing out on something great. And and they're really the cool thing about it is they're relatively cheap too. Um, so so yeah, if you're thinking about investing in an indie title. Uh, or supporting an indie indie developer, uh, Image and Form is is really good. They're putting out really quality games. So that was my number three. Kev, what is your number three? Well, I'll like you two. I will I will knock out my honorable mentions real quick. Uh, first up is Grid. Um, Grid has always been uh, since I played the first one back in the the PS3 days. Uh, it has been that racing series that has, because of the the level of control, it's 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 it hits that mark between sim and arcade that is just, but it leans more towards arcade. It just hits that point that is just perfect for me. Um, it is not burnout. It is not Ridge Racer. But it's not Gran Turismo and it's not Forza Motorsport either. It it is, it hits that sweet spot between the two worlds, leaning more toward the arcade, and it's just, it is just it. That series is just awesome. With the reboot in 2019, um, it got panned quite a bit for being uh, quote unquote boring. And I guess I can understand that because in the in the original two, um, Grid One and Grid Two, you were a person, a racer in a small organization, making your way up through the WSR uh, 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 series. So there was while there was you never saw your character. There was always this this audio. Uh, track of, of being uh, this audio dialogue being played between you and your sponsor and your team manager you know talking about how well you did in the last race and where you can improve so but and and this grid and this year's grid there's none of that it's just you're just straight up racing no story build up no nothing uh it's just straight up racing so I can definitely understand the the knocks it's been getting for that, but as far as just the pure racing part of the game, it is so on point. I mean, it is, it, it it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so I can't recommend Grid any any more. Um, uh, probably you know some of the things that that I wish from that were in Grid One and Grid Two. Do I wish they were in this one? Yeah, I kind of I kind of wish that they were, but they focused on the important things, and that was control. Uh, and each car that you drive feels different, but you never truly feel out of control, which has been uh, a point of contention that I've had with games like the the Forza Horizon series, which I I just in in certain certain ones are better than others, but I always kind of felt like the cars were driving on ice. Uh, and I never really felt in control. And, and but in Grid, there th- that issue is non-existent. So next up is Earth Defense Force Five. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
killing bug, killing giant bugs, uh, bipedal frogs in spacesuits, uh, giant gray aliens, it, 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 with a a campy, super campy dialogue that is just so that is so lame that it's funny. Um, I've sunk hours and hours into Earth Defense Force uh, Five, and it, it is just. It's it's just it's just fantastic. It's um, it is not the best looking game by far in the world. Uh, clipping there is clipping a go go <laughs> with regards to uh, the graphics and uh, you know uh, uh, it, there is a little bit of a problem with. Uh, 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 I've had a couple of times where my character has literally fallen through the world, but for what this game offers, which is uh, a chance to to kind of put yourself into like a uh, like a 1950s, early 60s monster movie with giant you know insects and you know Godzilla inspired monsters you know wreaking havoc and you taking them down with your assault rifle or your your some kind of funky missile launcher uh it, it's just great i i it's a lot of fun especially it, just jumping into a party with friends and just uh blowing stuff up acting a fool uh some of the names of these enemies, like the Deroys and the and the the Hectors, <laughs> names that they come up with. These I always like the Hectors. Just just cracks me the heck up. It's like it's why? Like, it always thinks when I, when like, I heard the Hectors. Get, yeah, when I heard yeah, the Hectors. Where do you get Hectors and Deroy? I was well, like, who? I don't I thought, even know. I thought the Hectors were a uh, were, were like a mistranslation, you know. And <laughs> no, I was thinking, is this is this racist or what? You know. <laughs> It's like I yes, don't know. Hector, Hector's invading our land. <laughs> yeah, crossing the, the border, right? <laughs> yes. God. But yeah, Earth Defense Force Five is super good. Um, next up is Days Gone. Um, I almost finished the game. Uh, m- the reason why Days Gone did not get a, a spot on my top my top three of uh, 2019 is because. Uh, as enjoyable as the game was, it did have flaws uh, prior to the uh, the updates. I mean, my dude was riding around on an invisible motorcycle, uh, pushing obstacles out of the way that weren't there. Uh, so Ben Studio, def- it, it did have a, a bit of a rough launch. But the reason why it didn't get in is because... The game isn't wasn't what was what was initially sold. Um, the the hordes were supposed to be a bigger part of the game. You know, the hordes were supposed to be another weapon that you could utilize to accomplish your task. And unfortunately, that didn't work out. The hordes are just there, and anything that at least what I found the game. What hordes actually being utilized in accomplishing missions seemed to happen just by accident, as opposed to something that you could actually plan out. Now, maybe there's some some Uber players who are able to work around that and 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 utilize the hordes in ways that I didn't, and, and fair assessment. But this was not the game that was initially uh, pitched uh, on prior E3, so. 
But that is not to say that the game is not is not fun. The game is fun, but I think it 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 is it was hampered and in in a certain way I w- it is the same is the same way uh, that I feel about Crackdown Three, is that the game that was pitched is not the game that we got, and uh, that it, but it's still fun riding around and upgrading your bike. Uh, the different enemies that you come across in the world uh, is pretty is pretty interesting, pretty cool. The character development, I didn't really think I would like uh, uh, what's his name, Dylan, all that much. Uh, but I'm probably I know it starts with a D. Uh, I have a I have a memory like running water, so you'll you'll have to forgive me. But um, I didn't think I would really dig that character all that much, but I did. Uh, the character development in in this game is really good. You come to care for for no Deacon. That's his name, Deacon. You come to care for Deacon. You come to care for the people that he cares about, um, and you come to hate the people <laughs> that he hates. So as as with most uh, Sony first party, there is a excellent story develop uh, story and character development. It's just that it the game that we got just really wasn't the game that was originally pitched but it's still good it's still worth a look uh if you're so inclined um and i've got to say uh my next up is destiny 2 as an honorable mention with the uh forsaken uh content and the some of the subsequent contents after leading all the way up to a season of uh opulence which in my opinion, was a complete letdown in which uh, instigated my departure from the game, I still can't look at Destiny and say I didn't get my money's worth, because I did. Um, some of the best shooting, you, the best, not some of the best, the best shooting you will find on a console game. Um, the The weapons were... The story. I mean, I just love discovering new weapons and finding out, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses were. Uh, having different loadouts for different mish for for different missions, different enemies, the uh, the supers that your characters could utilize from the different uh, void from the different powers, void and arc and uh, solar uh, or flame, whatever they call the fire ones. Uh, where it's just it, the game was fun. It's a very pretty game. It's a well-playing game. Uh, Bungie are experts in making the weapons feel and seem uh, weighty and impactful, like uh, no other developer uh, in the first-person space uh, does. Now, I'm not a first-person connoisseur, so you know, take what I just said with a grain of salt, but. Uh, I'll just say that the only the only Halos I ever even kind of sort of cared for for the ones that Bungie did. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but but yeah, uh, tons of hours sunk into Destiny. Uh, even though I my hunter has hung up his boots, uh, I can't say that I did not get my my money's worth from that game. And the last honorable mention I will say is Death Stranding. And the reason why it, it's an honorable mention is because I have not played enough of it yet to really get a, a 
to really say does it really belong in in my top for 2019 but i have played enough that i know that i want to to play and complete this game i know that much uh different experience i never thought you could you could mix in uh gameplay mechanics simply by walking (laughs) but you can and you carry a lot of boxes and packages and you're connecting connecting nodes across the continental United States. And uh, there is a, a multiplayer aspect where you can share discoveries and roads and bridges that other people have built and utilize them in your game. Um, it is something very different. And while I have always appreciated Kojima uh, and his Metal Gear efforts, I never liked Metal Gear. Uh, The only one I ever played and completed was the first Metal Gear Solid because I don't like stealth. (laughs) Uh, But I kind of see where where his this guy's mind is as a creator with this game. And I'm enjoying it because uh, at least what I've played up to so far, the stealth is not a big part of the game. Um, but I, I, it's definitely something I'm going to, a game that I'm looking forward to uh, playing and completing uh, this coming year. So that's my honorable mentions. And my, my number three is Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Um, always loved the concept of Monster Hunter. Never liked how the game was implemented in prior versions. Uh, Monster Hunter World uh, kind of uh, streamlined or got rid of a lot of the things that I didn't like about the prior uh, iterations of the game and uh, still, in my opinion, maintained maintained that deep dive uh, uh, skill sets and wep- with weapons and skills and and boosts and and buffs that you know kind of makes Monster Hunter Monster Hunter, and I just really dig the game. Um, I had to it, I had to get figure out what uh, how to get things going <laughs> with Iceborne because I was still trying to utilize my gear from the from my maxed out gear from the base game and. Uh, what what they call it? What do they call the the super hard versions of Monster Hunter? G rank? Uh, is that what they call? I think it's S or, or G rank. S or G rank, something know, like that. But it's probably yeah. it's a G rank. It's G rank. Well, basically, Iceborne is world's G rank. So I had to uh, just come to come to grips that all that gear that I worked hard for in the base game was practically useless, and. <laughs> Uh, and and start off by going back to the Jagras and building his weapon sets and armor sets out and going on from there. But I've completed Iceborne. It's a great. It's it's just a it's just a fantastic it's fan, a fantastic addendum to the core game. Um, and I am in the Guided Lands, still working my way toward the uh, Gold and Silver Rathalos uh, to get that uh, super top rank gear. Uh, particularly for the weapons that I use, namely the bow and uh, the charge blade. So uh, I'm also going to wind, I'm also going to try and and utilize some of the other weapons. Uh, The uh, long sword and the broad sword are probably the two that I'm going to focus on next and start uh, digging into some of the, into some of those builds and, and uh, 
learning some of those weapons. Um, but I mean, I just have so much fun with the bow and the charge blade that I, I <laughs> that's just what I'm stuck with. But I, I think I'm going to expand my my weapon uh, repertoire, as it will, by moving on to the longsword and the broadsword. So that is my number three. So, Des, why don't you let the folks know what you got for number two? So for my number two, I have a game that came out of nowhere for me, which was very interesting because I didn't really think that I would enjoy it. Um and I didn't know what to um, what to think about it when it when it came out. I know that I'm going to I'm, I'm kind of slow rolling it. Uh, hmm. Uh, actually, go to Joe. Joe, we'll do yours first because I, I realized something was a bit off for mine. Uh, my game of the year was Strange. My my second was was Strange Brigade, but that came out in 2018. So. Um, I will be right back with mine. So, Joe, why don't you go for yours? Okay. Um, my number two is going to be Destiny 2 Forsaken, specifically the DLC, the stuff that came out in 2019 on there. Uh, I know for Destiny 2 Forsaken, I kind of was in the middle of a move and uh, be able to get over here and get settled in and whatnot during 2018 that uh, approached a lot of the uh, Forsaken content in 2019 on there. But I would specifically like to point out the season of the Drifter, especially with uh, Gambit specifically. I just felt like that whole um, content kind of spoke to me. I've been a big Destiny Destiny and Destiny 2 fan for years and years and years on there and so just like you stated earlier kevin i mean i just love the gameplay uh between you know pvp pve uh doing strikes obviously raids are not exactly the greatest as far as uh, getting a, a group of guys together because um i know i never had the patience for a raid you know i think uh, at one point we joined some guy uh friends of friends and they were going like you know is that gear working for you it's like giving me the whole like business as far as you know, being hypercritical because of the fact that um i was screwing up certain sections of the raid for the party basically and uh pointing that out to me and, and so you know maybe i should give raids more of a chance i know a destiny 2 i'm going to get back to i do have shadow keep i just have not played it so that's why i'm not even mentioning shadow keep at all on there, I made mentions on this show even that I was going to play, but I just haven't worked up the. Uh, you know, I just want to get back to it and, and go in fresh, per se. But uh, my number two for the year is going to be Destiny Two, especially with the season of the Drifter, uh, season of Opulence. I think you pressed on a little bit more than I did, Kev. On that, that, uh, that, that point, I was just ready to play other stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, season of Opulence was really what, what because. In my opinion, Season of Opulence was really phoned in from the activities that you did to the weapons that you got, the gear that you got. It just really didn't seem all that interesting. And, you know, I was it's funny because I was talking to my eldest nephew um, about a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying, you know, Kev, you, uh, Unc, you really need to get back into Destiny with... Uh, 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 you know the, the the current 
DLC that that that's out right now. I mean, he was telling me that you know they changed a lot of things and you know different weapons and different ways to methods to play and different outloads that you can utilize for all the different uh, uh, classes of characters. And it's like, you know, maybe at some point I will. Um, I'm not completely turned away from the idea, but I have taken, I have un- uh, offloaded uh, uh, Destiny from my PS4. Uh, my nephew plays on Xbox, so now that they have, you have the the cross, uh, cross save man. cross save feature going on. You know, maybe I'll jump back in with him and his crew uh, on the Xbox side, um, and you know, it, and see what's going on there. Uh, I I think if I do go back to Destiny, I'm not going to double dip in in the DLC. I'm just gonna you know rock with with one platform, I think. Um, so I don't know. It, it, my my Destiny, I'm still leaning more toward I'm not going back, you know, holla at me at Destiny 3. But, <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see. It just depends on what Bungie decides to do, whether they're going to do a Destiny 3 or whether they're going to reiterate on Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. On that. And I'm kind of curious to see uh, when they'll release Destiny 2 for the next-gen consoles to see as far as Maybe that will spark an interest in either us three playing again as well on that. So, do you think they would actually do a full-on release? Yes, re-release on the. Yes, oh, I think they man. would. Yeah. Yeah, I think they. Uh, I think it's. I think they're using. They're using the last. I think they're using the last. Um, the last kind of life for Destiny Two to like all this new changes that they did with the with the loadout and the gears and adding and adding um different stats and stuff like that right now and this is what's really weird and i truly believe this and you can comment in the in the in the in the comments or tweet at us um all of y'all right now that are still playing destiny 2 after they left activision y'all are all guinea pigs I don't want to say that as a bad thing or a good thing, but they are all testing out systems for Destiny Three, which is gonna be which is gonna come out on the PS Five. That's what I'm. That I I bet you anything. Everything that's going on now, they are testing the waters for Destiny Three because Destiny Three is gonna be them fully working working on themselves and and fully working by themselves without having uh outward um uh input from like. Activision or any other larger publisher because they're literally working themselves now. So mm-hmm. that's why I believe that everything that's happening now, they're just testing the waters. So if you really want to influence Destiny for the coming future, you probably should play and uh, and then uh, tweet at them or whoever is working because I honestly believe that right now they are in a transition period. So please let me know what you think in the comment section or, or tweet at us and let me know, but I honestly believe that that is what they're doing right now because it doesn't it, it, it doesn't make sense you know for them not to use this time uh, in order to test out new systems for destiny three but do you think they would re-release destiny two for next gen no no I think they would no. in my right, opinion, they would no I don't think they would. Just, just it's because, just like uh, no, Warframe, you know. No, no, no just so. because how they did, just because of how they did with 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 the Destiny One. No, they're gonna start from scratch. 
I, I bet you I bet you not start from scratch, but they're gonna they're gonna they're going to re-release Destiny three as as a whole new thing. You know, it's probably gonna have the same name. It might be Destiny the Revisiting or something. I don't know. <laughs> they might not call it Destiny three. You know, or or something, but but we're definitely getting a new game, and they're not going to re-release Destiny Two with with more bells and whistles. I just don't think they're going to do that. I think they're I think they're going to start from scratch. For, from scratch, uh, given given all of the, uh, the 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 bad feelings that they had from from their time with um, uh, with Activision, it just I mean I would do that. You know, it, it just it's a better sign of it's a sign of good faith. It's a sign of of new beginnings. Uh, and it's a way for them to be like, look, this is the this is this is who we are now, not this old thing, this Destiny 2 thing, this this thing that was marred with Activision. It just it just screams of a rebranding of, of a whole new of a whole new thing, you know, Granted, there will be some remnants and there will be some story elements and stuff from there, but but think I mean think about it. Like, why would you, why would you spend any any effort or any capital uh, to develop new systems for a game that you're gonna that you're going to phase out? I mean, that's why you're fighting Crota again on the moon because they already have all those assets. That's why you're doing all this stuff right now. You know, right now they 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 are literally releasing this stuff in order in order to gain capital or money, cash. That way they can that way they, they can pay for for Destiny Three and all those little changes, incremental changes they're doing right now, is is what they're thinking about implementing for Destiny Three. Mark my words. In about two two years, you're gonna get Destiny Three on on um on PS Five, or or if we're lucky. We'll get Destiny Three next year as a as a PlayStation exclusive, a PlayStation Five exclusive like Destiny One was. Remember, Destiny One, you know, came out for for PS Four, and it was like, oh my god, this is the new thing. This is going to be awesome. Ah, oh, they might do that again. Just saying. Okay. Well, it was never okay. an exclusive. There's as it had exclusive content. So that's what I mean. You know, it's gonna be like they're, they're, they're gonna push. They're gonna push that again with um with uh Xbox. Sorry, with uh with the PS5. Gotcha. That's what I believe anyway. You know. All right, Desmond. Do you have your number two? I do. I do. Sorry, I wanted to put put Strange Brigade on it because it came out at left field for me. Joe was talking about Strange Brigade. And he had had it, and then we were all had it, and we were all going to play it. But I was kind of like, man, I'm not so sure. Man, I don't know. Man. And then I started playing it on the on a whim, and I just fell in love with it. And so I was just like, damn, this game is great. And then I got Joe to start playing it again because he was like, well, I have it. Of course he does. So we started playing it again. <laughs> and then I went back, and, and, and I bought the, the limited edition and everything. So even though it came out late last year, uh, I would love to put that as my number two, but I want to I want to keep in with the um, with the uh, uh, with the theme, which is games of the year, which is 2019. So one of them that I would have to say, looking out of my catalog, I'm only picking games that I've owned or that I have played, and it would have to be they could have to say Wreckfest. You know, Wreckfest was a game. Uh, it's a it's a racing game, but it's also a, a demolition game. And it was one of the games that I went out and I I bought. I, I, I went out and bought it, and I was like, 
you know, Joe was telling me about it, and I was like, okay. And the reason why I liked it was because I think it had some people that, that used to work on uh, Burnout. And I really liked Burnout as a as a as a racing series. I don't personally like racing games. I don't like racing games in general. I like racing games that are like spaceships. So I really liked Wipeout. Really loved Wipeout. Um, uh, so I never was really a big fan of racing games. But when you add an element of demolition and and um, running into people, uh, it really becomes very cathartic. You know especially living in a big city like San Francisco and and traveling along the streets traveling driving the streets is really crazy in the traffic. So anyway, it's very cathartic and it was just fun. Like Joe and I would pop on and we would just, you know, play demolition, we would race against folks and it was a lot of fun. A really quick story about it. And I uh, I told this a while ago when I bought it, but I'll tell it again because you might be listening to new new listeners, but I went and it was on a sale at GameStop. And uh, I live in the uh, inner sunset of San Francisco, if you're familiar with it. And it was in the Mission. So it's like, it's almost across town. And so I go there and I buy it and I come back and I and I text a picture to Joe. And I'm like, hey, I got it. Let's play. And I got like the game, the, the, the deluxe edition for the, for the, uh, for the price of the, of the normal edition. And Joe's like, hey, you bought the deluxe edition. Was it more? And I'm like, well, no, it was the same amount. I thought I got the regular. I just put it up there, and she gave it to me. And he's like, oh no, that's the, that's the, that's the deluxe edition. You got it. It was like fifty. You saved like twenty bucks or something. And I'm like, well, that's kind of bad. So I called, I called up, um, the GameStop, and I was like, hey, you know what? What is this price? And blah blah blah. And she's like, oh my god, I sold you the wrong thing. I am so sorry. And I was just like, well what do you want to do? And she's just like, well, I can't do anything about it. Cause you're, cause you're not here. So just take it as take it. And I was just like, well, no, I don't, if it's going to hurt your stock and all that. And I was, I'll just bring it back. And she's like, really? Would you? And I was like, yeah. Oh, you're such a great, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I guess, cause like, cause I know how crazy GameStop is with their loss prevention and all this other stuff. And I didn't want anything crazy to happen for like a mistake. So I ended up, you know, driving back, over to the mission district mission area went in and gave it to her. And I didn't, I didn't um, do the code or anything for all the DLC and all that other stuff. And they gave me a whole bunch of pops and they're like, here you go. Thank you so much. Oh, we love you. You're such an awesome guy. Blah, 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 blah. So, so it just felt really cool to kind of do that because like, it's like, eh, you know, it was super busy when I was there and I was just like, well, it's fine. So, so, um, so I, you're such a good guy. Well, I, I just would hate for people to get like in trouble, you know, for stuff like that, because like, you know, it, it, it costs, uh, and, and for, for 20, 2020, it costs you nothing to be a decent human being. It really doesn't. So, I mean, in that instance, it cost me gas money and my time, but I really wasn't doing anything except playing games with Joe. So I'll go take the games back. <laughs> literally, literally I was, I was playing a game with Joe and I talked to him about it and he was just like, well, this is what happened. And Joe's like, Oh, okay. And Joe was like, are you really going to take it back? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, I'll be back. And so, like, I left him in the in the in the, the PSN chat room and left and came back. And he was still playing. And I'm like, okay, I'm back. And he's like, all right. And we, we kept playing the game we were playing. It was just you left me, man. <laughs> I thought it was more valuable to that than a so GameStop. What I would I would hope you you've I'm done you've done weird shit like that for your GameStop peeps too. So don't even try it. So <laughs> so. Yeah, they, they should make you an honorary employee for the shit you do for them. 
They should pay you, Joe. That's all I'm saying. I so. actually told them that they're like, we need to go to the back. You're only one here, so you're you you could be trusted. I said, well, you want me to go behind the counter and do a 15? <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure you know the, all the GameStop lingo. So, well, no, nah, do a 15 minute like, oh, break cover for our break. Or oh, okay, that's hilarious. So, so yeah, so my second would be uh, Wreckfest, only because you know um, I really enjoyed it and I like playing with Joe, and it was a and it was a it was a racing game that really got me back into racing games, and I enjoy it. It's a fun game, um, and it beat out uh, Outer Worlds only because. Um, I like Outer Worlds and it's a and it's a fun game. Um, but this is one instance where I think, and you might you might disagree with me, but I think there's just a there's just a bit too much dialogue sometimes, and and the out and when you're outside, outside of the cities, it doesn't really seem like there's any other life there. It's literally just stuff to kill, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Something about that game is just a little sparse. But but those are my. That was my number, uh, number two. So, uh, who's next, Joe? No, no, we're Kevin. back to. Are you did yours? Sorry, we're, we're now we're back to our number one. So, Kev, what no, is your number Kev. one game of the year? Kevin's number two. number two. Oh, Kevin's number two. Okay, yeah. Kevin, what is your number two? <laughs> okay, well, my number two is River City Girls. Ah, um, there you go. I've I've been gushing over River City Girls for you know since it launched, and it, it for those who. If you don't know by now, beat 'em ups are my favorite genre of game, and uh, I have a particular fondness for the Kunio Kun series. That long-running series, I think it goes back to the. It might even go back to the to the the eight-bit Nintendo and the. I think they had them for the original Game Boy. I could be wrong, but um, I've been a Kunio Kun fan, you know, for years. Uh, playing the different iterations of the game. Some I have liked more than others. Uh, I bought a 3DS uh, for Kunio Kun style games. I bought a Game Boy Advance for Kunio Kun. So um, that's kind of my thing. And what w- the Way Forward's reimagining of the Kunio universe is freaking amazing. Um, very anime inspired. Uh, the cutscenes are all done like a uh, like you're watching a uh, you know a, a Crunchyroll stream, and the character while the game itself plays out and kind of like something between an eight and sixteen bit style. It is just the the, the systems, the combat systems, the mechanics involved is just absolutely fantastic. Um, the downsides of the downside of River City Girls is the price. Uh, I think I, pay, I paid thirty bucks for it, uh, and you don't get uh, co-op gameplay over the network. It is local co-op only. So I can kind of sort of see the, uh, the 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 critique on the price and the lack of uh, network gameplay. I understand that. I, I I fully get that. Uh, but do I regret paying thirty bucks for a retro style local co op only beat 'em up? Not by a long shot. I feel that is every cent was well spent. The story, the characters, the voice, uh, the voice actors that they got to do this game, the soundtrack, the uh, the title soundtrack for River City Girls is 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 is, is, is super dope. 
It, it's just <laughs> if you go to YouTube and and listen to it, it is just very kind of like '90s, what they call that '90s butt rock and anime inspired, uh, 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 you know, rock and roll. It's it's it is just so good. Um, mechanically, the the it of the the mechanics of the game. You can actually double-team enemies. Um, each character um, has special moves that if you time it right, and they do, it's not something that's really brought out in the tutorials, which, which, is, which is something else altogether, but you can knock somebody into your, your co-op partner and they can follow through with a special move of their own. And you can just completely destroy, <laughs> completely destroy uh, uh, an opponent that way. Um, the bosses are challenging. Uh, you actually have to think about how you're going to approach them. I mean, it's not uh, you know Dark Souls ish difficult or anything like that. But a couple of them, I had to really, I really, really had to stop and think about the uh, the 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 moves that I had in my toolbox and, and how to go about. Uh, defeating them so uh, a challenging enjoyable fun beat them up uh, way forward did a brilliant job with River City Girls I can't wait to see what else they do um, it's just an absolutely brilliant game so uh, that is my number two so I, I guess we're ready for for number one. Who was who was going to be going next, uh, Joe or Dez? Yes, I am the first. Wow, the oh, Joe, so. go ahead, Joe. Yes, and this is a game you mentioned in your honorable mentions, uh, Kevin. But uh, my number one for the year is going to be Earth Defense Force Five. Wow! Um, and the reason why that game is for us, I pretty much I'm using like the Game Awards. Uh, kind of criteria for game of the year because I know Earth Defense Force came out December 2018, but uh, pretty much uh, was playing this game for the first half of the year pretty hardcore on there. I actually beat the campaign on there. I haven't gone back in to uh, do any of the uh, advanced DLC on there, but um, for those few months, three months, four months that I was playing the game, um, I was just all about it. That's what we used to get online and play you know, versus that and Destiny 2, of course. But the EDF5 uh, kind of spoke to me. The game is just uh, hyperkinetic fun on there. You know, just between that, uh, the bad voice acting, like you mentioned before, Kev, you know, but just the, the action itself, you know, it's just like, you know, giant frogs, uh, spiders, even though they don't refer to them and spiders in the script in the game for some reason. So, and, you know, they refer to frogs as like, uh, they're just like humans. Like, you know, they're talking about <laughs> they got two arms and two legs. Yeah, they, they, yeah, frogs are just like humans. Yeah. <laughs> no, the shout outs were a bit much. Uh, EDF5 didn't have a lot of the, like, the, um, even though I had some of the um, singing on there, I felt like the uh, translation for uh, EDF 4.1 was just a little bit better. On there, there were some lines in EDF uh, 4.1 that really just cracked me the hell up. So, but uh, just the overall gameplay loop, just the blood squirting everywhere, you know, killing the spiders, killing everything, and just it just made every thing in my life go away when I was playing it. And I think that's 
a good thing, especially something, you know, you, we never talk about video games, uh, ability to be able to zone you out, be able to you know, maybe forget the day's worries, that kind of thing. And to be able to just, uh, go at it without having to, you know, think too hard, you know, EDF can be a challenge though. EDF five did have some challenge too, especially some of the levels later on, on there. So I'm pretty much uh, put up a, fight but a lot of the times you're grinding for weapons you're grinding for gear and so that's the one one of the other hooks with edf series in general is just you know all the loot that you get in the game so love the loots yeah this man loves the loots y'all if you have never played a loot a loot based game with joe thank your stars (laughs) because that man has got the stickiest fingers i have ever seen like jeez i'm like you know but he's all probably rolling his eyes and he's like all resources man come on i'm like damn though it's just like come on like stop the madness joe stop the madness nope nope (laughs) part of the game for me head back to town sell 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 go back into the (laughs) what's happening when it's happening like every like five or ten minutes come on that's why i like to play solo sir that way i don't bother anyone no you said me you know you're right (laughs) you know you're right because we be playing together sometimes and i'd be like all right joe go go yeah we need to play torchlight 2 that way I could just send my pet away yeah that's really cool that. though that torchlight 2 has a pet you can just send your pet to do it and you can keep going so i'm like that's it i think everyone should have that you know everyone should have that that um that uh that thing within their uh their 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 loot loot based games you should be able to just kind of send someone send your lackey or something so well, think about EDF though. That's, there's no break in the action. You don't warp back. You just find out what your loot is after you get done with it. Which level, I think is so. great. Which is which is great. You know that that but is something there, that I enjoy. There are boxes out in the field, so sometimes you see on your map that there's a, like a box that remains unopened that you're just like spending two to three minutes walking out to. Obviously, so it might be a little obsessive on that. So. But yeah, that's my number one for the year. It wasn't Anthem. It was Earth Defense Force Five. What? So. No Anthem? No Anthem love? No Anthem. I don't, I don't think Anthem's going to be in, in any of our uh, mentions. I don't. I don't so. know. We're not done yet. I know. We still got we'll game. The, we still got game of the decade. <laughs> I think the, I think the game. I think our game of the decades are going to be a doozy. Yep. All right, sir. Desmond, what is your number one game of the year? My number one is going to be Jedi Fallen Order. Um, uh, I have been waiting for a long time to have a Star Wars-based action RPG game uh, for a long time. Um, And this one really gave that to me. Um, Is it as good as the classics, like a tour or those? No. But in its own right, it didn't have to be. I think it utilizes um, the Star Wars franchise the best uh, out of all of the new uh, Star Wars games that we have. And by new, I mean like this gen Star Wars games. I'm not. I I was not gonna play Battlefield. Um, no matter how hard you tried, I just didn't want to play that game. I want a narrative driven star wars game and we finally got that and it was good it's great 
Um, I liked how um, I liked how the game played. I liked the fighting. I mean, there were certain things you had to basically kind of, you know, say, okay, you know, you can't have this Jedi be super overpowered. Uh, by that, I mean, if you get struck by a lightsaber, you probably should be dead in one swing. But, you know... You're not, so I'll just I'll just I will just leave that up to their armor being super tough or whatever. Or or when you find a locked door, you should be able to use your lightsaber and cut it open. You know, whatever. You know, so there's certain things you kind of have to take as a limitation or of, of of the game design. And I really that was the one thing that I wished that they would have did better. However, um, having him be a survivor of Order sixty six. Um, I think that's what it's called. I think it's Order sixty six. Um, where after they purged all the Jedi's when when the um, when the uh, Sith took over or Emperor Palpatine took over anyway, and your character is, has survived and and because he has been cut from the Force for so long, he it takes these um, this uh, really extreme things within the narrative of the story as you're progressing uh, to to get his Force powers back or access them again. Uh, I think it's really good, you know, because it allows you to watch the character grow or and reattach themselves. Uh, the story is great. Uh, it fits right snugly into the uh, Star Wars canon. Um, and the gameplay is solid. I really liked it. I liked the fighting. I liked uh, how you can deflect the blasters. I thought it was just enough Dark Souls to be challenging, but not so much that it was frustrating. Um, and yes, as you become a much more stronger Jedi, the game becomes a, you know, easier as it should. Like you're a damn Jedi, you know, you should be able to push people, force push people off of ledges and stuff. That's so much fun. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but other than that, it's a good game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, and it is my game of the year. It is the one game that kind of stuck in my mind and really kind of like affected me in a really strong way. Um, so yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, that is my number one game of the year. Uh, Kev, what is your game of the year? Okay, my game of the year is going to coincide with the uh, the Game Awards chosen, and that's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um I love I love difficult games, uh, difficult action games in particular. Uh, Ninja Gaiden is probably still my favorite, you know, action game series ever, and it's it's hard as nails. Um, but Sekiro is a difficulty that it 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 just kind of amplifies that it's like it replaces those you know iron nails with titanium <laughs> and, and serves them to you on a silver back it is um my gosh. Uh, now ironically I, i'm not in those old games try them tried one and didn't go back for two or three um I tried Bloodborne for whatever reason. The world just didn't didn't capture me all that much. I, thought, I mean, it was. Eh. I had some issues with some of the way with some of the way the the, the mechanics worked. Um, 
I mean, the difficulty was not what was the deterrent for me for either one of those games. It's just that for whatever reason, and for me, uh, the primary reason was the uh, stamina bar. Stamina bars are like my my Achilles heel <laughs> in action games uh, because I get so focused on the actual combat that I just forget about my stamina and my dude runs out of energy, and he's <laughs> he even trying to trying to put lungs, put air in his lungs, and winds up getting killed. Uh, Sekiro does not have a stamina bar. You can slash and attack as as many times as your little heart desires, uh, but what it does have is difficulty. What it does have is a punishing way to make you learn to fight. Uh, at at the game's own rules. If you come in, and I've heard other people who are really steep into the Souls games, if you come into Sekiro thinking that you're going to play it like like one of the Souls or Bloodborne, you're, you're going to get you're going to get mollywopped. Uh, the game rewards aggression, and that's another reason why I like it. You know, fast paced games like Devil May Cry or just kind of like where my and Ninja Gaiden is kind of where my uh, my sweet spot is with action games. And Sekiro wants you to be aggressive. They don't want you to turtle. They don't want you to be on the defensive. They want you to be in your opponent's face. And therein lies the magic of Sekiro. Because when you have... When you have... Uh, learned a boss confrontation. When you have learned a boss, when you have under when you understand its patterns and its tales and the the different cues that it that is that it's going to give you before it launches a specific attack, uh, these fights play out like freaking kung fu theater, like from back in the day, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, my fight with uh, 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 Genichiro, with his with his with his uh, three forms, it's one of the most enjoyable boss fights. I, if if we ever do a show about memorable boss fights, uh, the Genichiro fight is going to have to be in is going to have to be in my mix somewhere because I thought I was watching a John Woo flick. I mean, it, it, it's just absolutely you know you're on you can't play this game you know like kick back in your in your couch this this game demands your freaking every ounce of your attention <laughs> and it, it 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 gives you no quarter uh you've got to figure out your your prosthetic tools and your you know what kind of buffs you have access to and the the move sets that you have and there are some moves that are uh, instigated by other actions. I mean, it, this game. Is, and I understand why people try it, and they say, "Ah, this game's too hard. I can't. I can't. I can't rock with this." I get it. I, I mean, I understand because there are some times where I'm like, regular dudes are are whooping mopping the floor with me. <laughs> so, so I get it. But I mean, this is this is. If you want to, if someone asks me what I live for as a gamer, what what my what what gets my game my gamer blood pumping, it's a game like Sekiro, something that challenges me to utilize the tools that the game gives you, 
to and master them and learn the attack patterns and learn the tales and there where where it is the school of hard knocks and i mean you know call me a, a gaming masochist if you if you must but but i mean i just this game is just is just freaking amazing um and it it, it is what a challenging uh, action game in my book. This 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 is the standard. This is this is this is the standard bearer. Um, and I had to think long and hard. I had to think long and hard. Is 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 has has Sekiro taken the crown from Ninja Gaiden? And in my mind, I think it has. Um, I have not finished the game, but the further I go into this game, um, the more it requires me to learn more aspects of the mechanics and work to open up new moves and learn those moves and figure out which of those moves are most effective on which bosses or heck just regular mid bosses or mini bosses or regular enemies. I mean, uh, uh, crowd control, uh, focus, you know, Focusing on that one opponent and getting his posture broken because that's what it's all about breaking your opponent's posture I mean this game requires every ounce of your attention and I love it for it and it's mechanics are spot-on um, it, it, It's just man <laughs> It is just one of those it is just one of those games that you is one of those games that you either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it I, I've never met. I've never come uh, met someone who was like, "Well, well." I take that back. There are a couple of fo- other podcasts that I've listened to that you know that like Sekiro, but you know it was like, eh. But most of the people that I come across on social media, you know, uh, who don't have a major platform like an IGN or or you know a giant bomb type of thing going, uh, they either love it or they hate it, and. I applaud them for having the guts to put to put out a game that that says, you know, F your easy mode, (laughs) to be perfectly frank, Uh, because it's like, hey, if if there's other games, if it's if it's too hard for you, there's plenty of other games out there to play. I respect these guys for sticking to their guns because I'm sure they probably, you know, they're thinking, you know, this is a new IP, you know, should we dumb it down a little bit? Should we put an easy mode in there? And I appreciate them sticking to their guns and saying, nah, we ain't doing all that. Uh, this is what we do and people are going to rock with it or they're not. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they have found, uh, uh, financial success with Sekiro, which means that I will probably get another one, or whether it's a sequel to Sekiro or another game that's like it, I'm I'm there ten thousand percent. So uh, that is why Sekiro is my number one. So that rounds out our top three for 2019. So now we're going to roll into our top five games of the decade, uh, 2010 to 2019. I know in the last couple of minutes, I redid my list. 
Um, I thought about it and I looked at the years at the games that on my list when they came out and I, I felt I was pushing the, 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 the way back machine a little bit too far. So <laughs> I reevaluated, thought about it and, uh, came up with, came up with another list. Um, it's probably my, my particular list is probably going to be one sided, uh, with regards to a with regards to a particular platform, but so be it. That's what I rocked with uh, from <laughs> from 2010 to 2019. So uh, we're gonna kick things off in this in, in this in the same order. So we're, we're gonna go. We're gonna Dez, You're gonna be your first up for your number five. I'm number 20... I'm first, but it doesn't matter. Oh, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Des yeah. went first. Nope. Okay. All right. You want to you want to you want to knock it out first? Then go ahead. Of course, of course. Yeah. So, uh, my number five of the decade is going to be Borderlands Two for the PlayStation Three slash Four slash PC. Though uh, you get kind of get a mention of why I've played this game so much is that um, I just love the um, looter shooter aspect of it. You know the like Desmond, like you stated before, you know, I, I love picking up random items. They had randomized loot in Borderlands 2, but just the uh, gameplay itself, just the characters um, going in and, you know, going through all the DLC. There's a wealth of content with this game on there. And so I just enjoyed the um, shooting. I kind of wish you got into it. I know you tried, Kevin, but, uh, you know, I, you gave it a... Uh, a good shot on this, but uh, Borderlands 2 just seemed like it was a game that just kept on giving and giving and giving on there. So, uh, if you haven't played it yet, I would definitely recommend picking up the Handsome Collection on there on uh, X, uh, Xbox One and PS4 on there. But uh, just I'm still playing through the content as we speak. I know I have one last DLC. To get through, which I keep talking about, which is Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary. But after that, I'm going to put it up on the shelf and kind of delve into Borderlands 3 a bit on there. That's another one of my, like, you know, games I didn't really play in 2019 that probably would have been up on my list as well, though. And I've played different characters in this game. I played Salvador, I played Zero on there. You know, you get a choice when you start the game with four different characters on there. So. And uh, from there, you're able to go in. And just what made the game so great for me is just that the plot is the plot is fine. The characters are great on there. The whole story arc with Handsome Jack. I mean, it's a video game. It's not exactly going to win an Oscar or anything like that. But uh, it's a point that it's just getting into the randomness of the loot that's dropping. Uh, the whole thing about the getting the uh, keys to be able to go in and open said items. You know, I'd be on Twitter looking for some additional vault keys to be able to grab that and, uh, you know, ticking and getting my best loadout for my particular character and kind of rolling with it, you know. So just similar to Destiny, how it plays out with the grab and loot is the same thing with Borderlands 2. So, so it is definitely my number five game of the decade. So. All right, Des, you're up. What's your number five, man? Uh, my number five 
is and I have a couple honor mentions really quick uh, before we start. Just a couple. So my honorable mentions for game of the year is uh, Divinity Original Sin Two, uh, Dragon's Dogma, uh, the that definitive collection or the Dark Risen collection. Really enjoyed that. And then uh, <laughs> and some people are gonna probably be angry at this, but uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed Mass Effect Andromeda. I know a lot of people hated it, but I enjoyed it and thought it was fantastic. Beat it, beat every inch of it, and I loved it. So, boy number five, though, is Skyrim. Um, loved it, thought it was a fantastic game. Um, I liked it because I, I played it multiple times, and each time that I play it, I experience something different with it. I think that's a really fantastic game. Uh, you create a character, you run in and do whatever you want within that area of Skyrim. You can do the black, you know, the, 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 the black, uh, the, 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 the assassin's guild. You can do the thieves guild. You can do the fighters guild. You can do any of those guilds and still not even beat the game to this day. I have never beaten Skyrim. I have, I have beaten every other side quest but I have not actually beaten Skyrim. So I actually think I'm actually going to do that in 20, 2020 is I'm going to put it in and I'm going, I still own it and I'm going to beat Skyrim. I think Skyrim was a fantastic game and uh, it's, it's amazing. It, it just is so, so, so good. So yeah, that's my number five. Uh, Kev, what's your number five? Okay, my number five is Catherine, um, and for for different reasons. Number one, uh, I'm not really a puzzle guy, um, but for whatever reason, Catherine's uh, puzzles kind of captivated me. You know, moving them blocks and trying to make your way up, make your way up this uh, this pyramid, this uh, dangerous pyramid of death. By moving these blocks up, uh, moving these blocks, trying to get your character to move forward. But I think the reason why, uh, the real reason why Catherine uh, is on my top five, uh, I, I my honorable mention. I didn't. I had completely forgotten about it until you mentioned it. Des it would would be Dragon's Dogma as well because the I love I I love that game. I thought it fell short story wise, but the the actions that that you took with your uh, I forget what you called your 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 computer controlled no, pawn I think that's what they call them your pawn uh, I, I it was yes, it's, it's a fantastic pawns. game yeah fantastic game uh, loved it um, but Catherine was the first game that really had an adult what I would call an adult um, situ- it's like an adult situational comedy almost. And when I say adult, I don't mean you know like hentai-ish stuff. I'm talking about like uh, adult situations, complex relationships. You got a guy who uh, from you know being the out look for anybody look from the outside looking in who's in a relationship with this with this gal who is like it's be kind of like why haven't you put the ring on her finger already but 
he's under a series of what he feels is pressures and constraints, and he meets this, uh, uh, all of his friends hang out at this particular bar, and if you, <laughs> the longer you stay in the bar, uh, the more likely it is. I mean, I mean, I think I can't remember how long you have to stay in the bar before you actually meet. I mean, Catherine is actually a part of the game regardless of what you do. But you, the if you as you stay and get drunk, you interact with uh, uh, Catherine, the namesake of the game, who kind of sort of plays the other woman. You know, the, uh, in this relate in in this in this scenario, and depending on the actions that you take, uh, it will depend on 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 the ending. Um, and uh, there is some supernatural stuff attached to it, which I I think is actually a fantastic mix when you throw in like you know in com- combination with this guy who he's he's you know dealing with sexual tensions, relationship tensions work-related uh, uh, anxieties, and it's all compiling in this, you know, in this supernatural milieu where um, people are actually losing their lives in the real world. And uh, it, it's a really excellent adult-themed game. Um, highly, com- I highly recommend it. Uh, I think uh, the... Uh, um, they did a re-release of Catherine. I think they call it, you know, Catherine Total Body or All Body or something, something body in the subtitle. I think it's, the, it's, full body. I think it's like full, full body. body experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you have, if you have not played Catherine before, it is definitely worth checking out. Full Body. They add another, another love interest uh, to the game. I always played. I'll, I I I need to go back and play it because I always played the, try to play the good guy role, you know. Yeah, I'm interested to see wh- how the story changes uh, with regards to you know if you make if you make other decisions along the way. So uh, I'm interested interested to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But great game um, with with an adult themed uh, story and and it's actually very funny in certain parts too. So. That is my number five. Uh, so, uh, Joe, you're the one. You're up next. Of course. Okay. Hit it. My number four for the decade is going to be a game that we know and love, and that's going to be Monster Hunter World. Uh, hmm. on I thought that'd so, be higher. Uh, no, Monster Hunter World, it's, to me, it's evolution of the series. Obviously, it's been refined. A lot more, um, you know. I've been playing Monster Hunter for, since like 2004, for God's sake. So, uh, but uh, the game resonated with me. I mean, but uh, I had some breaks with it. I mean, I think out of the three of us, I was the last to complete it on it. And uh, you know, yes. it it had enough refinements where it brought it for new players. You know, to be able to you know transcend a little bit better as as was that. Resounding sales success and a resounding critical success as well on there, and I enjoyed the refinements as well. But at the same time, I do long kind of towards some of the uh, older games and uh, some of the like you know traits of said games, which we'll talk about later. If nope. Be, but uh... <laughs> sorry, sorry, all that, all everything 
they did for Monster Hunter World was amazing. All that stuff they took out, I- I'm happy they did. Number one, happy. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one, Daz, because if they didn't have the same stuff, I wouldn't have played it. I mean, at the same time, that's also making, they're running the risk of, of making Monster Hunter no longer Monster Hunter. So I, I, I kind of understand that balance that they had, that tightrope that they had to walk. You know, uh, are we gonna are we gonna piss off our hardcore, and in exchange for trying to gain a better audience or wider audience, you know? So I, I think they did a they did a pretty good job of that, though. Yeah, I'm not being critical of them per se. I'm just you know, there are aspects of the series that um, maybe are not as prevalent in Monster Hunter World, and I'm not sliding it whatsoever it's in of itself its own game i mean obviously that's why it's okay. not monster hunter 5 it's monster hunter world okay 4. okay okay now now i'm curious what what from the older games because i've played all the games with you like we have played all the games together you know this right you know yeah so what of those i think i think there might have been like maybe one maybe one handheld i didn't play you know, maybe one or maybe two, but I've played the bulk of them, all of the console versions I've played. Um, but what are you missing that or longing for that is not represented in Monster Hunter World? Uh, so many missing enemies. Okay, okay, uh, that's under... separate. You know, because hopefully the hopefully the the enemies will be coming in because it really seems like this is is becoming Monster Hunter as a service so so that's why i'm thinking we're gonna because like it seems like wh- whatever island they went to they're finding all kinds of little little baby islands all around it so so this is going to be a ginormous continent at some point you know is, is this new world unless we're going to go unless we're going to go someplace else or hop on a plane or something i don't know but 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 what is it that you're like one what, what fundamental thing are you missing from the other one that is not there is is it something to do with the crafting or something or? Uh, not necessarily that. It's just uh, you know I'm gonna get more into it. Um, you know, basically, there's certain aspects from some of the other games uh, that Monster Hunter World doesn't kind of touch upon. Um, All right. Specifically, like Monster Hunter Four. Remember with the whole going back and forth. Uh, I think it's kind of covered in in Monster Hunter World though a little bit as far as the. Uh, multi-tiered levels and that kind of thing um i kind of i do miss kind of the island and the water-based uh levels too uh i know i know for damn sure you don't miss the swimming though right Mm. are you serious you miss the swimming Mm. (laughs) let's not talk about that let's not talk about okay okay we'll talk uh, about it later we'll talk about it later but i'm just yeah but (laughs) wow in the world Monster in the World is just the culmination of the series. I mean, it's uh, pretty much has brought uh, this game up for uh, mass consumption on there for everyone yeah. on there. And I do applaud it. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to playing Iceborne. I have not played it yet on that. Um, I, my feigned attempt to play Iceborne was me playing the Witcher content from Monster in the World. So. That was so hilarious. <laughs> I just don't understand how you missed, missed it, but that's funny. Well, I don't know because, you know, I barely, like I said, out of the three of us, I'm the one that beat the game the last. You know, I well, didn't grind through because, yeah. you know, especially with my divorce and everything yeah, that was no, going I on, I, I tabled the game for a bit. You had a lot of there. stuff going on. 
So when you're ready to play Monster Hunter Iceborne, let me know because I I'm still I never really got super far on it. I know Kevin I know Kevin you know took it out you know and took care of business. Oh I know, but I'm sure he will come out, back. Took too. it out in the back. Oh and, yeah, and... I'll, I'll rock I'll rock it I'll rock back with there you. you. Go. Well, listeners too, if you want to play Monster Hunter World and specifically yeah. Iceborne or just the main game itself. You know, feel feel free to let us know. I know I have a mutual friend that listens to the show, John Travis. He's been wanting to check out Monster Underworld. You know John as well, Des. So yeah. you know, old friend of ours. So you know, by all means, let us know. Uh, feel free to grab back in, and we'll kind of take a look. But yeah, Monster Underworld kind of resonated with me. I don't know if it's going to be mentioned in either of your two's list, but uh, you know. I very much enjoyed the game. I think it was very monumental. So, Cool. All right, Des, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is Batman Arkham City. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. It expanded upon uh, Arkham Asylum. Um, I absolutely loved uh, that game as well, except for the ending. Like, fighting a, a hooked-up Joker was kind of bizarre but whatever uh or venom (laughs) venom bulked up anyway uh but the second one i thought it was true to form i thought it was fantastic i loved i thought um i thought what they did with arkham city uh was fantastic because it showed just how um just how how much you can do with an with, with a an IP if you actually respect the source material and you say that just because this is a uh, a, a, a TV or movie franchise that's getting the, the, the video game treatment uh, we don't have to treat it like crap you know and they really didn't like they came out of the box they refined what was what was happening in Arkham Asylum and then made it grander and they made it bigger. They and they fixed a whole bunch of stuff, uh, which was sad because in in Arkham Arkham Knight they kind of took a step back from it. But I think that was more so because of the Batmobile and really making that uh, forcing that down people's necks. But that's something separate. Um, uh, but the second one I thought was fantastic. I thought the 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 story was great. The ending was fantastic. I I just really enjoyed that game, and it, it that was one of the games that I came through and I was just like, okay, you know, and, and because I'm a lover of comic books, it really just spoke to me because I have played a crap ton of, uh, of really bad, um, uh, comic book inspired, uh, video games. And I think that was like, that was one of the ones that was like a breath of fresh air, just like, ah, and it was, and it was great. It was really good. If you have not played it, um, you should, I think it's like I think there's a, a bundle out right now. It's Return to Arkham or something like that. It has all of them. Both both of those games, Arkham Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, fantastic games and really worth your dollar. Um, the combat systems are great. I think it, and I think it really um, there, that combat system, um, how Batman fought everybody and the and it kind of made it kind of made fighting like a quick time event because while you're fighting. You know that 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 triangle would pop above someone's head, and then when you if you hit it the right time, you would block that person, and then you continue your chain. That for me, I can't remember any other game whose fighting style had that at the time. So I liked that game because it introduced a whole new way of 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 fighting and, and doing combat. It was like it was like when 
Final Fantasy introduced the 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 um, the, the active time strategy, where where there was that countdown meter, you know, to kind of make um, uh, turn based combat a little bit faster. The way you had to think faster and stuff like that. I I I, I, I akin that to that, um, and I just like it. I think it was just a really fantastic game. Again, if you haven't played it, you really should. Um, okay, Kev, um, what is your number four? Okay, um, my number four. I'm kind of at a quad. I'm I'm going to cheat a little bit. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm going number four is going to be a two uh, a two way split. I'm splitting that between Spider Man and Shadow of Mordor. Okay. Uh, Spider Man. Um, I, I I haven't read a comic book in 25 plus years. Uh, so I I used to be heavy into them, but when I still when I started getting much more heavier into video games and the prices of comics went up and my enjoyment of the stories started going down, uh, I I was out. Um, so my my most recent. Uh, uh, iterations and understandings of the comic book characters are from the movies you know for better or for worse you know it is what it is uh i still have my old comic books but i haven't reread hardly any of them and you know that's probably something i probably should do in the future but but anyway what i liked about spider-man is a lot of the same reasons that you dig the uh the batman arkham uh, asylum arkham series is because it's obvious that the team over there at Sucker Punch uh, cares about the source material. And in my opinion, from what I remember about reading about reading Spider-Man in the comic books to, you know, the hand the you know, handful of movies that I've seen, they captured Spider-Man and his fighting style to a T. I mean, the aerial dodges the you know moving between opponents legs jumping on people's backs flipping them over um the the ability to take on and address multiple enemies there's a there's a part in the game where you take on two bosses simultaneously which is super which felt like like you were watching like you were like watching a comic book panel you know just reenact in in you know, in motion for you on the screen. Um, just just a, a, a freaking fantastic game and a testament to, like you said, what happens when you have a, uh, a developer that, that gives a dang about the license. Uh, in that same vein, in a similar vein, I'm going to go with uh, I, my, the, the co-share of that spot is Shadow of Mordor, the first one. Um, I really don't, I've never read Lord of the Rings books. Um, I've never seen all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, but what captivated me about Shadow of Mordor was two things. One was the combat system, heavily inspired by, uh, the, uh, Arkham, Arkham series, uh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would uh, would. There's an argument to be made uh, against that point, 
but the combat was just super smooth. It is super, is super smooth. It was buttery smooth, practically. Um, the counters, the the move sets that you did with your, uh, uh, I can't forget the name that that elf, the ghost of the elf that that kind of shares your body after you know what happens to you happens to you at the beginning of the game, is. And the skill sets that you open, the skill tree that opens up as you uh, progress and experience is is just fantastic. Um, th- and the other reason why I like it so much is the Nemesis system. The Nemesis, I'm surprised more games did not uh, jack the Nemesis system into their play style because it's something that really adds a level of depth to action games that you really that really hasn't been seen before and basically the long and the short of it is that different enemies have different weaknesses and you need to figure out what those weaknesses are by interrogating uh either informant orcs because in 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 shadow of mordor you're fighting the orcs you're fighting the armies of sauron uh by uh, uh by interrogating certain orcs getting information from them or by utilizing alliances within the orc, uh, you know, uh, 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 structure, military structure, and like you can influence, you know, you can get, you can, you know, send for someone to tell, okay, tell this orc captain that the other captain uh, sent me to take him out or something like that, and you can you can instigate beef between the two orcs. And you can take, you know, you basically you have the option to build an orc army to take on Sauron at the end of the game. And it it is so, it is so cool. Now you can either do that, which is what I did my first playthrough, and eventually I'm going to play through it again. And, or you can be such a badass that you can take on Sauron's army by yourself. And have you know have the skill tree and the skill sets to take on all them dudes, and that that's going to be the thing I'm going to want to try and do the next the next time. Uh, I do have the sequel to the game. Uh, I can't. It's something of Mordor. It's not Shadow of Mordor. It's uh, something of- else. Yeah, Shadow of War. Um, I need to get back in. I need to. I, I really haven't played it enough to 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 get into the meat of it. I know from what little I played that I like Shadow of Mordor better. Um, uh, Shadow of War had some issues when it launched with you know pay to win. You know I think you had to buy you had to buy a certain orc in order to beat the freaking game. I think all that stuff has been patched out, but. Um, the focus is of taking is more on taking out or taking on and uh, uh, sieging castles and and whatnot. So there's a lot of mechanics that I haven't that I haven't seen in the sequel yet. But the first game, Shadow of Mordor, was just super great. So I had to cheat a little bit and uh, uh, split number four uh, two ways. So uh, Joe, what is your number three? Number three of the decade, surprise, surprise, is going to be Earth Defense Force 4.1, otherwise known as Earth Defense Force 2025 on there. So 
Uh, the series has resonated with me so much. Um, I really, I only dabbled with Earth Defense Force previously. Like, I imported Earth Defense Force 2 on PS2 way back in the day. Way back in the day. And I thought that was a cool game, but I never really progressed because of the fact that the graphics were pretty bad and there was clipping galore in that game. And <laughs> the game wasn't optimized well. It came, it was based off of a particular series called like the uh, Simple series, which in Japan basically was like a, um, like a budget line of software. <laughs> So, and so Earth Defense Force kind of sprung out of that. That uh, this developer Sandlot pretty much uh, brought these games out for less than the normal new game price in Japan, and they were able to kind of you know reiterate on the concept a bit on there. So, and, and Earth Defense Force got more popular in the U.S. when they brought it out, and it was seen as almost like a, a game for the Xbox 360. Because the uh, prior game, Earth Defense Force um, 2017, was a sequel. Basically, it was titled as Earth Defense Force 3 in Japan, but came out here as Earth Defense Force 2017 on there. So, And that's why uh, the fourth game in the series, Earth Defense Force 2025, came out originally for PS3 and Xbox 360. I didn't dabble with it too much uh, at that point, but uh, they eventually did remaster the game and they brought it out as EDF 4.1, Shadow of New Despair. And uh, from there, it's just, it came like a tidal wave on there. And just like I mentioned, my games of the year, just, you know, fighting against all the uh, particular uh, enemies in the game, spiders, giant ants, you know, giant Godzilla, like, you know, and, you know, the whole Hectors and, um, uh, what's the other one? DeRoy. DeRoy, yeah. The big old <laughs> UFO creature, DeRoy, you know, 120 foot. Uh, I forgot the name of the Godzilla creature in the game, but, you know, ultimately you have to get into a gigantic mech and fight uh, these particular um, tall Godzilla creatures in the game. And it just kept enough variety in the game you know, one thing I have to say about EDF is they always offered a little variety as far as the character classes too because they played way different on there between what the air raider defensor the ranger on there so and you know you had different weapons for each on there I love that earth defense force 5 basically allowed you to pick up weapons for all character classes that way you're not grinding with each character if need be but uh yeah, we had quite a bit of fun multiplayer with this throughout the years. And, uh, you know, I just felt like this game kept giving and giving and giving and giving. And I kept, you know, even though some people said it might had, quote unquote, you know, padding in the game, you know, I just kept, you know, playing and playing and playing. And so I just felt like it spoke to me on there. I just love the gameplay loop. I love the uh, um, attributes in the game and be able to try different weapons and going back and forth and so variety is the spice of life even though it's repetitive and that's what earth defense force 4.1 kind of spoke to me about so and just the overall script is just hilarious you know that whoever did the dub they deserve like you know two thumbs up in my opinion <laughs> so i'd get up out of my chair and applaud on there so so, what's your guys' feelings on uh, EDF uh, 4.1? I know it's probably not in your top five of the decade, but... It's good. I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't, and I, and I don't, I don't think EDF has ever been what I would consider a good-looking game. I mean, <clears throat> EDF Five is not great-looking. I don't even think that Iron Rain is really all that good-looking either. No, that's a game um, we guys slept on. That game came out in 2019, so, so. You know, I don't consider, you know, graphics don't mean a thing. It's the fun factor for me, at least. So, you know, and the frame rate, of course, because like, you know, playing EDF2, <laughs> uh, frame rate's crap, too. You know, and like, you know, you, you mentioned all the, uh, you know, like clipping and like pop up and all sort of stuff, you know, where at least they're Defense Force 5 and 4.1 to a certain extent with the remastered edition, just refine the actual graphical fidelity of the game a bit. And I know on PC it's even better than what we played on PlayStation 4, so... Mm. so now, I did fall through the four, through the world in 5. That did happen to me. Oh, it happened to me, too. So, <laughs> you know, along with the wonky-ass physics, you know, sometimes <laughs> I would, uh, for whatever reason, something happened and I'd be flung, you know, like if a spider grabbed me or something... Um, sometimes the physics just went out of whack and literally I'd be flying in the air for like two minutes before I landed a couple times. So I think it's probably happened to you guys too, right? Oh yeah. All the time. But I mean, I've actually (laughs) fallen through the, I've actually fallen through the world where it just aired out. I'm in like the, the dead zone, you know, and there's nothing around me. And my dude is whenever he moves, he's got like after images of himself. It's like he broke the matrix or something. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that did happen to me once. But, yeah, I've been hit by an ant or thrown by an ant or yeah, shot like by something. And, like and watched, I've been watched a whole bunch of times. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like dude flying over Dudes flying over skyscrapers and then, you know, <laughs> flipping and landing. Ugh! You know, still have a little bit of energy left and is able to get yeah. up. <laughs> And even though there is like, you know, pedestrians in the in the field, you know, you never see them like, you know, be affected by any of this, even though, you know, they're all screaming their heads off. You know, so. mm-hmm. I don't know if EDF would be even more crazier if there was actually civilian like casualties in the field where you actually uh, get to see just blood and gore everywhere. I don't think it would fly. I mean, it'd be funny though. It would be funny, but it it would have to be it would have to be whimsical. Like you know, like a a civilian gets hit by a missile and they just go flying and they might be on fire, but they dust themselves off and just run for cover or something like that. And so one of the one of the soldiers yells, "Sorry, pedestrian! (laughs) Your tax dollars at work." What was that? Forgive me, civilian. Yes, forgive me. EDF has got your back. As I was reading a like a Q and A with the producer on Twitter recently, and someone's suggesting that they create a, a a new game where they actually go to the world that the aliens come from and actually invade their world versus we being invaded. <laughs> on earth and so I, I hope they do go there because i think that would be uh, fun so mm-hmm. imagine them concocting some sort of uh like space combat of some sort so yeah, i'm, I'm or, hoping or maybe they... or maybe be like the the aliens and defending off the the earth defense forces yeah they're that too <laughs> yeah that would be pretty cool 
Yeah, who knows? Maybe we can uh, feature Trump's Space Force in there. <laughs> Oh, God. oh no! Don't even, don't even, don't even say it because it might be, it might, it might come into existence. Don't do that. You never know. I think there's part of the budget for 2020 that has support for the space force, so we're working on it. That's what uh, speak. Sad. Orange Armada. <laughs> sad. All right, Desmond. What's your number three? Uh, so my number three is Monster Hunter World. Um, I, that game revitalized my love of the Monster Hunter genre, sorry, the Monster Hunter franchise. It was a fresh coat of paint on, on this, on that series. And it introduced a whole bunch of new, uh, mechanics that streamlined the whole experience. Um, I think it had just enough for, for the long-term people who had been there for a long time. And, uh, and it had enough for for new people, so it had enough for veterans to to, to to keep them engaged, so that they felt like they were not completely out in the cold. And it had new stuff for um, for the new people who were just coming into the game. Um, and I just thought it was great. It looked fantastic. Um, I thought that it was great that all that DLC at the beginning was free. They just put everything into it. And then they basically just gave you like, hey, you know, uh, Earth, uh, Iceborne's coming out two years later. If you want to, you know, come on and play this, you know, and that's it. If you wanted to, great. If you didn't, you can still play the other game. It's totally fine. It's totally up to you. And I liked that. It, it, it never, it, it didn't gatekeep anything. And I thought that was really a lot of fun. You know, you can either play that content or the new content. Um, and yeah, I, I really, I really, really super enjoyed it. Um, I will, I cannot wait to see uh, Monster Hunter Sunburnt, and that'll be where they go to a desert, probably <laughs> around the equator. <laughs> so they're going to go south of that new island, and it's going to be all the sun, the, 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 all, all of the, uh, sun kissed, uh, parts of the of, of an island this is going to be all desert or something and you can fight more desert type of of uh of creatures and then the nights are going to be cold and and yeah that, that that's going to be awesome so that'll be a new expansion um i cannot wait and then and then they're going to wrap it all together and call it monster hunter four seasons dlc pack and it'll be <laughs> like i just can't wait so i cannot wait so, uh, but yeah, spring, uh, summer, fall. <laughs> monster hunters got it all. <laughs> uh, It'll be there yes, for your hunting <laughs> when you, you need to hunt. <laughs> when you need to hunt. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I am down for Monster Hunter uh, World. Um, I can't say much about Ice Iceborne because I have not played it that much. Uh, only reason why I haven't played that much is because you know I had a lot of other stuff that I need to take care of. Um, but yeah, I, my plan, uh, is to get back into that as well. Um, I do hope that they introduce a couple of new weapons. That would be the one thing that I would love, um, is to introduce a new type of weapon. Maybe in Monster Hunter World 2, we'll get a new weapon. And I don't know, the island cracks or explodes, a meteor hits, and we get a whole new island to explore. I have no idea what they're going to do with it. So, but I do hope that we get a new weapon at some point. And... And what they did with the grappling call and making that you can actually making mounting people easier was really fantastic. Mounting monsters, not people, but monsters easier. Uh, so giggity, 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 giggity. Um, I really liked, I, I really liked it. So monster hunter, fantastic. Um, cannot wait. All right, Kev, 
what's your number three, buddy? Okay, my number three is Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I've talked about this, you know, in prior, you know, back on Gamer Husbands. Uh, I've talked about this, you know, here on Gaming Vessels, and it Horizon Zero Dawn is that is the first game, probably on any current gen platform where I was like, I got to get a 4K TV. I mean, I still don't have a 4K TV yet, but <laughs> um, I think we it was at, at uh, I think it was the first PSX where they had Horizon Zero Dawn running in, on a 4K uh, giant Bravia. And I was like, I, I got to get, I got to get a 4K TV. It, it, it is, it, it was the first, it was the now there have been plenty of showpieces on PlayStation platforms, but this was the first one that said to me it was like, okay, I gotta step up to the next gen of of panels, uh, and it just graphically it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, Gameplay wise, it it hits all of my buttons for an action adventure game, three D action adventure game. Uh, you you're hunting zoids with a bow and arrow. I, it doesn't get any better than that. And if you're old enough to know what a zoid is, you know you get two bo- do two bonus points for listening to <laughs> for listening to this podcast. Look them up. I, I had a bunch of zoids as a kid growing up. I think they still make them. Um, but basically, these uh, somewhat sentient uh, biomechanical uh creatures that simulate real world creatures are running around it's a post-apocalyptic world you don't know you're you're piecing together a little bit of what happened to the old world um in this uh matriarchal matriarchally run societies or societies uh, at least in the one that your main character comes from aloy um Really, really taking a risk as, you know, choosing a woman as the main character and not only that, but risking uh, having her come from a world where um, that is a matriarchally based uh, was risky and Guerrilla Games uh, gets all the kudos. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to sound like Captain SJW because I'm definitely not, but I think this is an example of of uh, diversity done right. I'll say that um, it is uh, and mechanically, it is freaking solid. If I had to come up with one critique for Horizon, is that sometimes during the dialogue, uh, the characters it's not like they go they go out of sync. I know that right. You know, I think kind of like before the first patches hit. There was some syncing issues with the dialogue during uh, non-playable character interactions, but there's kind of like a um, uh, in some of the interactions, it's like you know some of them have like that that it, it's not dead face look or dead eye look. It's just something that just seems a little off. But for the main scenes, you know, full facial expressions. Uh, textures i mean i i mean the first time you go heads up with a thunder jaw it's it's 
<laughs> it, 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 it's it's awe inspiring, literally. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is just a fantastic open world uh, th- uh, third person action game, and I I I I, I, I completed. I I haven't actually fought a Thunderjaw yet, but I've seen some videos of it, and I can't wait to get to it. But I did complete my first cauldron. Uh, which are kind of like these secret areas uh, that unlock a lot of experience and some, I think that unlocks some skills for you too. Um, and uh, that was an absolute blast. And that's, it's a big part of unraveling kind of what this world is and what the old world used to be and maybe what brought on the, uh, uh, the apocalypse such as it is. So uh, fantastic game. Um, well worth it. I I have the uh, once I complete the main game, I'll I'll jump into the uh, the Frozen Wilds DLC, and because I have the uh, the super this the you know the the double pack, uh, the 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 super the greatest edition. So, but just a fantastic game. So that's my number three. So Trader Joe, it's up to you. What's your number two, man? My number two is going to be a game that we know and love. Uh, a game that's kind of sung to me for the last quite a few years on this. It's going to be uh, Destiny uh, for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. Oh, hold on, hold, wanna... on. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Funny, that's mine too. <laughs> same, <laughs> spot. <laughs> same spot. Same spot. Well, maybe we could talk about together. Crazy. I mean. Destiny 2 uh, is good, but I, I almost want to lump it in there. But it's almost a continuation of Destiny 1. But Destiny 1 kind of spoke to me a little bit more than Destiny yeah, 2. Yeah, I agree 100%. On there. Yeah. Uh, between, you know, all the content, the, um, you know, Sparrow Racing, the uh, whole, um, God, the, I'm trying to think of my mind right now, but uh, the whole, um, hold on, let me. No, I'm just saying. Quick. Yeah, it was it was it was Sparrow Racing was really good. The um, for me, uh, the only thing that was really good was um, uh, was the raids. I remember the first time I started yeah, doing, Prison Elders is what yeah, I was trying Prison to Prison Elders. Yeah. The raids. Prison Elders. That's still the best DLC they ever came out for one or two in my opinion. Yeah, I, I love mean, Prison of Elders. Uh, Rise of Iron was really good too. You know. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate the Tekken King, uh, you know, especially with the Forge. Remember when we were doing Forge runs? Yeah, mm-hmm. on there, on your, on Earth, on there. As far as I think in the Russian area, when they opened up that area, you know, uh, you know, Dark Below was awesome. House of Wolves, you know, you kind of think everything that they started with. I mean, before when the base game was out. I uh, just remember just loving going on the moon and going on Mars, you know, um, watching those ball kind of pop, you know, that that gameplay, you know, the shooting mm-hmm. on there. It's just, uh, you know, running all three characters. I ran all three characters in Destiny 1. I did not run all three characters in Destiny 2. Um, so it's just, you know, even the raids, I mean... Uh, fighting Crota to me, um, even in raid fashion, the raids were good enough that they weren't too overly complex and there's something that we could still play on there. I remember when we were doing that w- one particular raid with a couple of young kids on there that <laughs> Okay, let it resonates. go. Let it go. I know. 
Yes, you do not like romper room. I get it. I know, I know, but uh, it's just uh, just it's just fun. Just all the the Trader Joe hours the and hours of experiences <laughs> that we've had. So on this game, I mean, even the raids were fun, you know, so for a certain point on there. But just the number of strikes, you know, the 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 Mars strike, you know, one where I was glitching and finding up on the ceiling, you know. I think what, what was the guy's name? Valis Dark, I think. Or yeah, something like that. the uh, yeah, the yeah, you're up up on top and you're shooting down with the with the black ice or whatever it's called that sniper pistol. Just a yeah, ugh, so bad. Yeah, yep. But uh, the game just over and over and over just was resonating for years and years and years on there until Destiny Two came out, pretty much, and uh, kind of reset everything and i did enjoy destiny 2 quite a bit but um forsaken kind of saved it i know destiny 2 i don't know if activision was making them kind of get the game down to where they were you know getting everyone's um attention trying to you know sell to the call of duty type of gamer out there on that but i just felt like uh, they kind of came around with forsaken where the first year of destiny 2 was just kind of blah in a way so I you know we're both enjoying it, but the original Destiny, man, oh man, oh man, great game. Yeah, great game. I'll have to admit, uh, number two, yeah, my number two is Destiny, just like Joe's. Uh, for me, Destiny, um, I remember downloading the demo on PS4. Was it PS4? PS3, right? PS4. Yeah. No, it was PS4. PS4, yeah. Anyway, I remember downloading that demo and starting and and playing and being in the tower and like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it going into first person and being like, so I was like, okay, I won't be playing this game because for one, I don't really like first person games. But Destiny was the first first person game that I really enjoyed. I just was like, okay, Joe really likes this game. I really want to play this game with Joe. Let me try it. And Destiny allowed me to basically get good at first-person games and and just play it and actually enjoy it. I was able to, you know, work through my discomfort of it and of, of that type of that genre and actually do pretty good. And I remember, you know, doing strikes and and I found the warlock and I played all three classes again, but I resonated mostly to the warlock, but but I really started really enjoying that game and 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 it it was the first again, it was the first game that opened me up to uh first person experiences. You know, from that game I was able to play uh Borderlands and then Bulletstorm and some other first person ga- uh Outer Worlds uh because again, my my preferred way to play uh, a game is through third person over the shoulder. I just like that. Like I like character creation, I like to see my character. Um so that game uh with its space theme and its its story was okay, you know, it, uh, but it was more so it, that was like the first kind of multiplayer game that I played and I was really like, okay, this is great. This is fun. You know, me, Kevin, Joe, just, you know, playing the raids, uh, playing the strikes, doing that stuff and being like, okay, what are we going to play? Okay, let's play Destiny. We load it up and Joe always played 
Joe always played the Titan. You know, for the most part, Joe, uh, Kevin always played the Hunter, and I was always the, I was always the uh, the Warlock, and we'd play these games. And Joe was Joe was the hothead. He'd run in, and I'd, I'd you know, who's got Joe? I do run over Res Joe, you know, and then fucking playing. What's her name? That one that screams Omnigol. Ah, Ooh. I remember Omnigol was the first. Was the first, you know, uh, like night, night, nightfall that I did was Omnigol, and they got to it, it was that thing where it was just like okay, and then like because like before I would usually just just play the game, and I never played the strikes. I thought they were too hard and this and that, and they were like, no, you just gotta play, you just gotta play, and I was like, okay, and I remember playing my first, my first, you know, uh, uh, strike, and it was just it was the fucking Omnigol, and then I was just like, ah, I never, and I never really played Atheon, and I really felt bad about that. But the first really long raid I played was Crota, and then Crota, which was really not a really good way to start though, because Crota you could cheese Crota easily, and so so the first time I played it, uh, I was in a group and they cheesed it, so it was fairly it was fairly uh, easy the first time, and then I played it without cheesing it, and and then. And then, and then the whole like you know if you ain't got a Gallahorn you can't raid with us and I was like oh no I got to get a Gallahorn ah oh, you know just it's just it's just the things that that happened in that game that just made it so much fun for me you know it's just that was just like the pinnacle for me at the point at, at the beginning it was just like okay this is how much this is how much fun multiplayer games could be this is how much fun a first a first person shooter can be now i i do not like playing crucible i am not a crucible person i do not like playing it there are certain modes that i like playing it the one where you're where your um your super uh grows more faster and your shit mayhem cr- yeah mayhem like i played mayhem because I, I i was good at my super i could play the crap out of my super so so I I played Mayhem and every now and then I'd get a I get a good streak but for the most part it was always PVE for me and playing those strikes so so that is something yeah. I do miss I do miss I do miss playing Destiny and, and that's why that's why earlier when I was talking about Destiny three I really hope that when Destiny three comes out and mark my words it will be coming out either next year or the year after it will be coming out for PS five. Um, I will be def. I, I, I want to play that with the three of you. I think that would be a return to form uh, for them, for Destiny as a franchise, and and for us as a, as a fire team. So, so that was my number two. So, uh, Kev, what's your number two? Okay, my my number two is a game that I've only played and finished once. Um, I don't know if I will return to it uh, simply because. That game is an emotional is an emotional drag, uh, but in a good way. And that game is The Last of Us. Mm. Um, mechanically, uh, it's solid. Um, of the games on my list, it's probably at least for me the least mechanically sound. Not to say that it's a bad game mechanically, not by a long shot. It is actually very good, but it employs certain methodologies of doing something like there's a bow and arrow in the last of us a completely different way of utilizing the bow and arrow in horizon zero dawn which is what i would prefer um i understand the reason why they went with that because they're trying to simulate someone who is not a skilled hunter do utilizing a, a bow and arrow uh, as opposed to someone who you know who actually is skilled in that, so of course it's going to be easier to do. But the it is the first game 
where stealth was palatable for me. Still didn't like it, but it, it's something that I, I can work with it. But the reason why um, Last of Us is is my number two is because the story is such an emotional gut punch um, that it it it, it tell it, it wields a story of despair in a world of nothing but despair and, and, and in a situation where you would think uh, if you're one of those people that tries to see, uh, you know, oh, humanity would be able to pull through anything because we're at the core of ourselves. We're all good people. No, we're not. And Last of Us puts a spotlight on that in a way that, I have not, I've never seen in a video game uh, where you have people who back in the world were probably would be considered, you know, honest, good, you know, paid their taxes, uh, went to work every day. And those same folks are, are slicing their neighbor's throats. You know, it's more. It's because the world is so is such is with such despair and those monsters that are out there that that kill everybody and they hunt by sound, uh, some hunt by sound, some hunt by sight, and uh, if you get bit or you breathe in the spores, you get infected, and it's just this whole, just this just bleak world where. We and this this game exposes humanity for what it is. That we at 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 its core, it, humanity as a whole are terrible human beings. <laughs> and The Last of Us makes no takes makes no bones about it, um, uh, of shining a spotlight uh, as to who we are and what we would be willing to do if circumstances were dire enough. Um, and it, 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 but I've only played it once. Don't know if I'll play it again ever, but it will always remain in my library because it is probably Naughty Dog's greatest work. Uh, they may, it looks like they're well on their way to outdoing themselves with Last of Us 2. I can't wait to play that, but. <clears throat> Last of Us Two also might end up being a game that I will only play once, but uh, uh, the the masters of Naughty Dog had craft crafted a story around the game that um, you would you would be more than willing to 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 go and see in a movie theater. It, it, it's just it's that good. And the voice talent they hired is that good. Um, the characters you you want to care about them, you learn to gr to care about them. You know the side characters that push the story forward. Uh, you you love and hate them as well. And uh, I mean it's just uh, a narrative driven game that is practically in a in a class by itself. Uh, it's my number two, but it's my number two for a reason. And once we get to number one, uh, that'll become a little bit clearer. Uh, but a fantastic game nonetheless, and you know a reason, it, it, a reason why exclusives on a platform are so important because that is where 
the best of the hardware is going to shine the most. Um, and, and, and it's evident in, in games like The Last of Us. So that is why uh, So Last of Us hits my number two. So Trader Joe, time to bring it home. Number All one, right. brother. My number one game of the decade is going to be Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. And the reason why this game is resonated with me so much is that this was the culmination of my fandom of the Monster Hunter series at that point once this game came out. Uh, Monster Hunter Tri, uh, 3 Try came out for the Wii. Uh, we played it quite a bit. Uh, I know we uh, enjoyed ourselves on that. It was the first game to introduce uh, wa- underwater combat, which you know, I know you alluded to earlier, Desmond, on there. Um, I thought it was clunky at first, but it's something to where I really enjoyed uh, the combat after a while. It's something I look forward to. I think it added something to the game on there. And so once Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate came out, I just loved the fact, one, it was on the Wii U and also on the 3DS, so I could actually take my save on the go and play uh, with friends and then be able to take it back and play it on my home console. So that was the first game really to kind of speak to me that took Monster Hunter, you know, off of the handhelds because at that point, you know, the game took off in Japan on the PSP. You know, the first game was released here on the PS2 back in the day, like back in 2004. But uh, Monster Hunter 2 never got released in the U.S. It eventually got released on the PSP in the U.S. And then they ultimately had like, you know, Monster Hunter. um, I forgot the particular title for it that came out on the PSP. But uh, that was the game that was just like just super popular, at least in Japan and kind of to where... um, from there, I think it was like Monster Hunter 2 Unite, in or Freedom Unite, I believe. As far as the one back in the day that mm-hmm. was on the PSP, that was super, super. I think popular. that's what it was. Yeah, that's the one that we really. I mean, I got into the series super hardcore at that point. But even that said, I mean, I was into the series even back at the original game. I used to play it online on the PS2 on that. But uh, what made Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate just like. Yeah, I waited so long for this game to come out. It's, this is the G rank of three, basically. And once it did come out, once the fact that they brought it out on both the Wii U and on also on the 3DS, and they introduced the um, cross-save capability, I mean, it was it was on, on there. We played tons of hours online. We played, in fact, I think me and you, Desmond, we were uh, using the PS3 as our chat server uh, while we were playing because the uh, Wii speak thing on Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate was just horrible as far as the chat on the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah, we used to uh, we used to play it on the Wii U. Uh, uh, I think you played it on 3DS, you know, because no, I played on the Wii. Had a Wii. I put it on the, on the Wii. I put it on the Wii. Okay, we're talking about three then. We're talking yeah. about base three. So. Yeah, we're play. We played it on the Wii, and then we would turn on our PS3s, and then we would use that. As our as our talking, because <laughs> we, I remember when I bought that that Nintendo thing where you had to set it up in your house and it was like a like a it was like a giant receiver. We uh, speak, yeah, we, we speak. speak. Oh, that thing was yeah. terrible. Ugh. That thing is, yeah. Oh, Nintendo. 
but we're we were waiting for a year and a day for this G rank to come out. It came out in Japan in uh, 2011, December 2011, and it didn't. It got launched on the Wii U in Japan for the Monster Th- Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate in December 8th of 2012, and it didn't come out in the U.S. until about the summer of 2013 on there. So for a while there, we're kind of on ice for a hot minute there. And no one said nothing, and we were all just like there was a growing discontent in the uh, communities as far as when they'll ever announce the G rank to come out here in the U.S. And when we eventually got it, man, oh man, it was like craziness. I wound up, I bought the Circle Pad Pro, which was an add on to the 3DS to add a, a second analog stick. I had that too. Yep, it was quite awesome. And be able to get that second analog stick on there and then you know we're involved in the community a little bit uh me you uh me and you desmond uh, my ex-wife uh we went to capcom uh in san mateo california to go and participate in a, like a community day there at the uh, campus on there and i kind of resonated with me we're playing with different people different other people that are there on that, we actually went up into the like the third floor of the Capcom's headquarters there, and they had a room set up for us to, you know, play and <laughs> they got us pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza. I think it was Papa John's. You know, God forbid, racist pizza, but <laughs> hey, it was free. So yeah, it was free, free pizza. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. So, like we spent, literally, we spent like eight, eight, nine hours there. Met some yeah. met some cool people. Played Monster Hunter for like straight up eight hours. People brought their consoles. It was yeah. awesome. Like it was awesome. Yeah, we're waiting in line to for them to queue us up into this, and we're playing with other people on our 3ds because that's the thing we're doing. Like Street Pass, and you know, to me, it's just like out of all the games that came out came out this decade, just the the whole camaraderie. And um, I had a group of friends. The janitor at my work, uh, his name was Omar, but uh, he was definitely into Monster Hunter, and we kind of I befriended him a bit and became good friends. And uh, we wound up on our second trip because Capcom had a second community day where they actually had it outside and under a big tent on there, and they actually had TV set up where people were bringing their Wii U's. And so uh, my ex-wife was the one that was bringing the. Um, we brought a Wii U and we had a grip of people at our table, you know, that just people from Fresno, other people that we played with. And we pretty much uh, had a great day. Even then I, you came to that day too, right? Desmond? I think so. Yeah. I think we did it twice. Yeah. So the second time was just even that much then. So, and then between that playing online with the, I can't remember that, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. You know, getting together in groups, we had groups of like friends, that with my friend Omar, we would go down. He'd uh, run a video game shop here in Fresno at the time. It since has closed, but uh, we would bring over friends from the shop. We would come and we would all play with our 3DS and then link up with the Wii U that was in our living room and wound up playing for hours, you know, just doing some runs, fighting some Elder Dragons and so on and so forth. So I just, you know, it's just a lot of community, a lot of like just. You know, we just had a good old time on there, and so that's why out of everything, just gameplay component and also social component, that Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate is going to be my top game of the decade, so because of that reason. So. 
All right. Dan's your next. What's your number one? Uh, Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man was a fantastic game. I think it built upon what um, what was built by Batman, um, uh, the Batman series, and it just delivered a fantastic uh, game. I thought it it was the first one that really had a very compelling story. It reimagined the characters in a fantastic, fresh way. I liked how uh, Dr. Octopus and Peter Parker played upon each other. I liked Peter Parker as a character. His voice was great. The, 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 the motion capture, the acting was fantastic. I almost cried at the end. Like it was just a fantastic game. The game play was amazing. It was just, I don't know. It was just, it was just one of those games that that just like it, it. It married it married two of my passions just perfectly: comic books and video games. And and the story was fantastic. The how it just everything was great. And I and I am just anxiously, anxiously, anxiously waiting for Spider Man two. And and in the introduction to more people. Uh, if they go the multiverse route with with uh, Spider Verse, or if they continue to keep it within that that Spider Universe, is totally fine. I don't care. I really wish, but honestly, I hope that they keep it within that within that uh, universe because it, they've already they've already brought that Spider Man uh, from the comic book from the video games into the comic books already, which is fine. But I want the comic books to focus on 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 the story that they built and and and. And just, and just like, flesh that out. I but it was a fantastic game. I I came home. I played it. Um, I have not played the DLC yet. Uh, the reason why is because I know that if I start the DLC, I will run through it like crazy, and and then it'll be over, and then I'll be sad. But anyway, um, <laughs> but but yeah, I I just think Spider Man um, was my game of the decade because it really showed. Um, that, um, again, you have these comic books, which are just dominating the box office and, and, and they're finally getting their due in, in video game form. And if this is the quality of video games that we can expect, uh, from, from comic book franchises or movie franchises, then I'm, then, then I'm really stoked by it, you know? So that's why I'm really hoping that Avengers is really good. I don't know. I'm a little shaky on those character models, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I will be buying it. Avengers is a day one for me and we'll see what happens, but I'm anxiously awaiting for Spider-Man two and any other, um, uh, video game franchises given that they're that they're done by a quality top-notch studio which i feel uh that they will given given how um uh how many units uh and how and how well received spider-man was fantastic game all right kev what about you okay my number one is god of war um for reasons uh a little bit different than what you would normally ex- normal would normally expect god of war i mean kratos as a character uh i'll just i'll just i'll just get this out in the front i loved kratos as a character kratos as you know one-dimensional angry kratos you know argh, argh, kill everybody in my way argh, argh. screw this chick argh, argh, you're dead you know that i like that kratos um but critically, 
that Kratos was getting long in the tooth with, you know, not just the, you know, the paid site reviewers, people that get paid to play and review video games, but by, you know, I guess a sizable number of people, uh, regular, regular Joes, uh, like myself in the gaming space, we're getting tired of that, you know, one dimensional, angry all the time Kratos. Uh, and Corey Barlog and his team over there at Santa Monica Studios took a real risk in reimagining the character because you're taking everything that Kratos was, you know, from David Jaffe's original or origin games to everything that transpired between, you know, the side stories on the PSP uh, to ultimately, you know, God of War 3 on uh, PS3. And you're, you're not, you're, you're throwing it out the window in a sense, although you're not because throughout the game, you see that, that, that Kratos from back then is the same Kratos now, but he has, been forced to mature because he's got a kid and you know that they took a really really heavy risk uh with this character in uh basically humanizing him um as a man who had who you know gave no f's you know is now responsible for this child who is substantially who is substantially his antithesis antithesis you know kratos is strong you would think kratos's kid would be strong uh um the boy is not he's not he's not he, he is but he's it's obvious that he's growing into his strength but at the onset he's not very strong and you can see that that's a point of contention and frustration for Kratos as he's trying to, you know, build a bond with this young child that he was obviously around, but they just never really connected because the boy's mother was kind of like the glue that held that family together. Now she's gone and you're on a mission to fulfill her dying Wish I'm not saying anything that's a spoiler because it's it's been on all the the marketing, you know, whatnot to fulfill her dying wish by spreading her ashes uh, uh, in her in her homeland. And the it, it takes place in the um, the north the Norse mythology. So you're dealing with Thor, you're dealing with uh uh, Odin, you're dealing with some of the 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 other the other gods in that mythology, and I tell you that first fight that you do with the stranger, man, <laughs> boy, it's like um, that, and the fact that they put that that fight with the stranger would have been an epic end boss battle. For any for any other action game, but they put that as the first boss battle that you that you had to go through, and it just set the tone for what uh, Santa Monica Studios was putting forward uh, for for God of War. 
there would be days when I when as I was playing through this game, there'd be times at work where it, it, it's one of those games where when you're not playing it, at least for me, I wanted to be playing it. I was thinking about my loadouts. I was thinking about the gear that I found, you know, from my last playthrough and wondering if, you know, will this buff or will this thing be be uh, a, a good attribute to my play style, even though it's going to knock, you know, knock my defense down a, a point or two or, or, you know, or what have you. Um it borrows heavily from the from the soul style of games mechanically. Uh, it can be hard as nails if you want it to be, but it's not. You don't have to play it that way. But they took the time to properly tune the combat. So if you want to play it, it play it in Give Me God of War. Uh, you only have yourself to blame when you die. <laughs> you know, I, I'll say that um, they they were serious when they when the they, they put a, a strong focus into the mechanics of combat into and how your gear affects your move sets the strength of your move sets I mean it's just absolutely brilliant and as you uh, build up Atreus. His son, who is uh, who uses a bow and arrow, uh, kind of like an enchanted bow and arrow. Uh, you can really set up your set up your combos uh, to to really deal out a lot of damage using Atreus. It's really ingenious the way they got that going. And, or you could use Atreus as a means of crowd control because he has some abilities that allow him to to kind of like get link certain enemies and string them together in like a, uh like binding them by electrical bolts so it can free you up to address maybe the most problematic enemy in the group that you're fighting take him out and then you know address the secondary and tertiary threats as as needed i mean the combat in this game is is fantastic. It is amazing. Um, but along with all of that, you have a grade A story, a grade A plus story uh, behind an otherwise what is considered a one dimensional character. And they they have just been uh, I mean, um Santa Monica Studios efforts between God of War have just been absolutely amazing. And when you read a little bit into the backstory of how God this God of War almost didn't get made because Sony was not uh, convinced that new life could be breathed into this character. Um they the the, the first the, the first uh presentation they did was rejected. And they had to go back to the they had to go back to the back to the drawing board, and they came back again. And Sony was like, "Okay, how much do you need to to make this to bring this to fruition?" And they basically wrote their own check to getting God of War done. And it, it's just a testament of how, you know, you have to take risks with your IP to breathe new life into them. Uh, and how you can't just rely on old, on old hat to get you through. Now, mind you, I was perfectly fine with the old hat, but you know, I'm I'm not your typical gamer either. 
you know. Um, I like I said, I loved one-dimensional, angry, horny Kratos. That was that, that's 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 the Kratos that I that I that was presented initially. And if they had just kept him that way, I wouldn't have had a problem. But what they did as the uh, with this with this Kratos and humanizing him, changing the combat, changing the way you played, uh, refining or completely. You know, changing mechanics and uh, as as to how you played and who this character, who the main character of Kratos is as a whole, is just is is freaking ingenious. And uh, Corey and his team deserve all the success, all the kudos that they deserve. As far as I'm concerned, that Sony should let that team basically write their own ticket for anything that they want to do because they prove themselves that they're right up there with Naughty Dog uh, creatively with, with God of War, in my opinion. So not, I think because of how it redefined the character, I would say that God of War, in my opinion, is the, the game is the defines this generation, the PS4 generation as a whole, uh, because of how they completely changed uh, Kratos and took that great risk. So it it it, it defined it, this game defined the generation in my opinion uh, across the board. So that's why God of War is my number one. So we have uh, knocked out our top game, not only our top games of 2019. But we've knocked out our top five of the decade, which brings us now to our contacts. Um, you can contact us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That is where you want to send your email to uh, a comment on anything you've heard on the show. Share your opinions on gaming or the gaming industry as a whole. If you would even like to be a part of the show. You're going to want to send your email uh, inquiries and questions and comments to gamingvessels at gmail.com. I can be reached on the social medias on Twitter. I am at shownuff71. That is S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I am at shownuff7. That same spelling with the number 7. On Xbox Live, I am Shonuff 71 Again, same spelling with the number 071. On Steam, I am Shonuff71. Same spelling as my Twitter handle. So, Dez, where can the fine folks get a hold of you? All right. Y'all can find me on PSN at uh, Nemo Ticker, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. You can find me on Twitter at the Nemo 6 S-I-X. Joe, where can they get a hold of you at? Sorry, sorry. The Nemo Six, uh, the Nemo oh, Six, oh, T H E N E M O S I X. So it's spelled out six, not the number six. Sorry, okay. when I left that, I was kind of like, oh, they might not get that. So, <laughs> all right, Joe, what? How can they get you? Uh, as far as contacts, uh, Twitter is Joe Fongul, J O E F O N G U L. Uh, as far as on uh, all other platforms, I'm under the name Kamunagara. That's K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. That's on Nintendo Network, on Steam, and on PSN. For Xbox, it's The Outlier. 
I am Kamunagara6995 on there. I do not own the tag, but I am able to add a number uh, to the back of it. I didn't get to choose a number, but it's better than uh, not having access to the username at all. So, <laughs> Cool. And also, uh, we are running a contest right now. Uh, just want to let you all know, um, we started it our last show, but we are still taking submissions for your uh, top three games of the year. All you have to do is send it to us either at our um, at our email um, or you can uh, tweet at us um, on Twitter um, and just list your your three uh, top three games. And uh, uh, yeah, what we're asking yeah. for was uh, game of the year and also game of the decade. And, you know, we have. Yeah, sorry. If you want to do one. Do one. If you want to do five, do five. If you want to do ten, do ten. Just do do your thing. So. Yeah, yeah. But it's game of the year, game of the decade, uh, any number. It's totally fine. Um, and we're gonna pick one lucky winner, and they will receive a game of their choice uh, from any game released in 2019. So please uh, let us know. Um, contact us, and we will. Uh, hopefully, we want to get some more people. Uh, some more people in. And uh, we will be uh, picking um, our winners soon, so please stay tuned, and uh, please, you know, send us, send us, send us, send them to us, okay? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and also, shout out to shout out to Sam, aka Valagus. We got your entry, my friend. We're just pushing the contest out, uh, so hopefully, we can get a little bit more interaction uh, for our contest that we've got cooking. But again, sir, we appreciate your input. And we will read those again uh, when we uh, on our on our on a subsequent show when we announce the winners of our contest. So again, shout out to you, Sam, for sending that for sending that that uh, feedback to us. We got it. All right. And one thing I'd like to add to real quick: our next show um, is going to be our most anticipated games of 2020. So if you have any most anticipated games that you want to have your feedback. Right on the show, uh, feel free to go in and give us a line at gamingvessels at gmail.com, or you could tweet us at gamingvessels on Twitter as well. So, absolutely. So, uh, also, game nights. Uh, our game nights are officially going to take place on Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. On the PlayStation Network, uh, you will want to, again, look for us at our respective uh, PSN IDs, that, those being Kamunagara, Nemo Tigger, and Shonuf7. Um, we're recording on January 4th, which is a Saturday. Um, so by the time you get this this show, the, the, ga the game night, if we decide to do one tonight, will have already taken place. But... For, a few, for future reference, Saturday is going to be at that at that time frame, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, is going to be our uh, standard uh, game night. So uh, be, feel free to join us there. Uh, if you if you we've got all the platforms, so we're not we're not necessarily married to one platform for game nights but if there if you'd like to uh play a certain game with us uh let us know and we'll jump in there with you and we'll we'll game it up so uh with that it's going to bring season five episode 16 to a close 
again, I am and and thank you for sticking for sticking in with us. Uh, we're looking forward to some things that we've got uh, maybe on the back burner coming in in 2020 that we hope that you're going to enjoy. We'll have more information on that in the future. Um, for Des, aka the Bay Area Terror. And Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. I am Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, saying thank you, and we will be back next time. Peace.